0: right, well, welcome to some Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango.
1: And I am your co-host, Buddy.
0: Today, we're going to do an AMA uh, for our 300th episode. It's been uh, a long time. Um, Anybody who is live in the chat is more than willing to, or is more than welcome to ask us questions there, but we have a bunch of questions uh, that were apparently submitted to you, Buddy, over Discord. We've got a couple from the email. Um... My vote is that we do the email ones first because that's the official. Okay. Uh, all right. So the first episode three hundred question um, from our good friend Akshay. He's got three of them.
1: <laughs> um,
0: one is Blizzard salvageable.
1: Oh man, that's a complicated question. Do you what? It what is. do you think? I'm actually interested in what you think.
0: Um so it depends on what you mean by salvageable right like it is it possible for blizzard to move forward as a company that is successful in the gaming sphere um i think the answer has to be yes right like i i I, like i think based on naming goodwill alone it will float on for a while before things fall based on the juggernaut that as well right like it will Mm -hmm. still be a profitable company um will it ever be the blizzard of, you know, the golden age of blizzard? I think the answer is no. And for, because we've talked about this on the podcast before, right? I think part of the thing that enabled blizzard to be golden age blizzard was like the lax culture that led to a lot of the problems that's having now. Yep. Right. So will it ever be that blizzard again? No. And that's probably a good thing. Um, or, it's a good thing for the people that work at Blizzard, right? Maybe not. Maybe it will lead to worse games for us, but, like, you know, whatever. Will it continue to be a successful commercial company? I think so. I think it's it's got too much going for it. Um, even if you ship a Theseus to everyone at Blizzard, I think Blizzard will continue on much in the same way that, like, uh, I don't know, other things like that happen, if that makes sense. I think in a lot of ways uh, Blizzard
1: has Ship of Theseus, right? You know, like, all of the people that we would otherwise think of, right... You know, all of those named names, Ben Brode, you know, Chris Metzen, you know, um, Jeff Kaplan, Mike Morheim. they've all left, right? At at this point, where is the, you know, where is the the old guard of Blizzard or whatever? Um, But I would also argue that that is even kind of an incorrect framing in the first place. Um, Just because that's a natural thing that happens over time at any company um and so like i don't really think that there's anything special about it happening at blizzard compared to it happening at you know any other company where people are coming in and coming out all the time
0: yeah Hmm. how much do i how much do i agree with that um yeah i mean so so that that happens but there's also kind of like a a continuity of so you know what that's the thing right i think ultimately you're right, but it also hasn't happened to games because games is too young for it to like really be a, a, a real force, if that makes sense.
1: Really? Right. Like, I like mean, I, I Microsoft in other only... places, right? It happens with, you know, Call of Duty does this literally every year, right? And it's swapping back and forth between Treyarch and the other one, right? And nobody blinks an eye at that, right? You know, Halo moved from Bungie to three four three. Um I just think that like over time it's pretty natural for these big franchise in the same way that <clears throat> honestly it's not even just about gaming and blizzard right you can make the same argument about movies right where it's like right. you know james Cameron makes the first two terminator movies he writes those or whatever and then a bunch of more terminator movies come out under different people because the, the the power is in the ip and the people are fungible right and whether or not that that you know all of those other terminator movies are bad i would agree with that right um but, you know, it's just natural for people to move from one thing to another. So I don't really think that there's, like, a different phenomenon happening at Blizzard outside of the fact that it just happened to be this rock star studio where people did learn the names of Ghost Crawler and Ben Brode and, you know, like, all of these other people who are kind of these signifiers of, you know, the company.
0: So, 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 so that's that's actually an interesting point, right? Like, I think I think because games are such... Um, they tend to be less authorial productions, right? Like, you know, there are some, right? Like Hideo yep. Kojima comes to mind as like a as like a an auteur in the video game space. But because traditionally, that that mantle has been taken up by the studio, right? Like you think of things as a Blizzard game or a Nintendo game, right? Even though they do have creators associated with them, and you you sometimes get a little little bits of split off there. The, I feel like when you say Blizzard, you're thinking of Blizzard more like David Lynch or mm-hmm. Denny Villeneuve, rather than thinking of them as, you know, the, as the alien franchise, right. Or the Terminator franchises is, is what you said. Right. Um, and I think I think maybe we're start we're like at that point where that those those seams start to come apart, right? Like, because I think you're right, right? Call of Duty is not associated; it's associated with Activision, roughly, but it's not really associated with the studio anymore.
1: And it's also not really um, associated with any individual person, right? By the way, has yeah. this fixed my audio issue? I realized that my mic was up when it should have been down. Um, uh, uh,
0: that, that's a question for chat since I, I hear you pretty directly. Okay. Yeah. Um. Um. <laughs> uh, but I, I think I think that's what we're, we're describing here is Blizzard moving from a a more uh, you know a tour studio to a corporate studio, right? Which is part of what this was part of what this controversy was in the first place, right? Like
1: so. The, the ironic thing is. I actually don't know that I think that that has happened. I'm I'm describing the Ship of Theseus thing, right? Which is that the people of Old Blizzard have left. But I do think people still associate Blizzard with individuals, right? Like, you know, people know the name Steve Denuser and they know the name Ian Hazakostas in the same way that they knew Ghostcrawler and they knew Chris Metzen, right? um it's just that the name has changed but the persona attached to it has different but i do or is different but i do think that and this is sort of my more complete answer to akshay's question which is no like, i'm very pessimistic about the situation with like blizzard and wow because i think or okay so no in the i guess maybe immediate sense and maybe i could see a couple years down the line uh like it it gets resolved. Like, I think WoW is going to continue no matter what. I do agree on that point. But in terms of this, like, PR stuff, I think, I think the reality is Blizzard is in the process of being cancelled. And I don't mean that in, like, the, like, I'm not trying to, like, invoke cancel culture i just mean like the technical term right in the same way that you would see an individual celebrity get canceled over something on social media right and people you know get on that person's case for whatever other thing i think it's the same process but the process is happening to a company and a game right rather than to a um to an individual right um, <clears throat> the best example I can think of this is Contrapoints did a huge video on canceling, where she talks about her own experience having been like canceled, and she kind of breaks down breaks down the process right into you know like what are how how does it happen like what are the steps that it goes through right and you know one of those steps is essentialization right it it goes the the conversation doesn't become you know the person did a bad thing. It becomes the person is bad, right? The did a bad thing part gets subsumed into the essential function and characteristic of the person, and I think that that's the conversation that people have around Warcraft and have been having around WoW for the last like five years, right? Where it is an it, the the default is that WoW is a bad game, right? And you don't have to prove that. In fact, you have to prove the opposite. If you want to make a point that WoW is good or fun or whatever else, you have to do this thing where you say, oh well, I know it's not. You know, I know it's not in a great place, but, you know, XYZ, right? But I think that that is, like, the real, is a, is the hallmark of something being kind of, um, being kind of canceled like this, right? Another thing that she talks about is how everything that happens from the point of cancellation onward gets intensely scrutinized in the most bad faith way possible, right? When yeah. people already have the assumption that you are bad, that thing is bad, right? Anything that further happens, right, is then looked at from the lens of, well, the the game is bad, the company is bad, the whatever is bad, right? And viewed through that lens, it tends to, you know, just like in the worst negative way, take any individual development. Anytime that there is news about the game, right, that news gets passed through this, this filter of, well, the game is bad, therefore this thing is bad, right? It's kind of like putting the, the cart before the horses, in, in, if that makes sense. Like, so, for instance, a good example of this is the community council that they recently did, right? Blizzard recognizes they have a communication problem. They open up applications and they say, hey, listen, if you want to come give us directed feedback, we're going to select people from all over, you know, like the Warcraft community. and we're going to invite them to this special forum. And on this special forum, you know, you're going to be able to do whatever. One of the people that they brought in, right, it turns out was kind of a racist dickhead on his, like, private Discord or whatever. And he gets kicked out of the, you know, as soon as this all comes to light, he gets kicked out of the Discord. Or I'm sorry. He gets kicked out of the Community Council, right? Basically the same day, he loses his Community Council status. But if you were to look on Twitter right now and the way that people are talking about the Community Council, you'd see things like, oh, the Community Council is full of racists, right? When it's like, well, no, like, one out of 99, it's not... Full, it is just one and getting rid of him immediately is also the thing that you would do to this guy you know if that if that were the case right but like because of the way that WoW is being cancelled it has to be passed through that filter and you have to take it in the worst possible way and kind of stretch it to like you know uh, the, the community council is racist right and then yeah at- yeah, and and then the third piece of this, I think, and this is probably the most damning piece, if I the, the, is which is a little bit different, I guess, but it is simultaneously that WoW is getting canceled, and it is also a lol cow, right? Something that I think happened at a similar time at the end of Mr. Of Pandaria into Warlords of Draenor, right? Was WoW was a really bad game? i be I quit WoW. All of us played that time and basically all of us quit because there's basically nothing to do right this is before mythic plus there was basically just raid and getting a consistent raid group was a pain and all this other stuff right so tons of people quit huge exodus this is in 2014 right but i think though but you know then legion comes around we all came back on the horse for legion right and i think that there's a there's a small difference that happened In that sort of Warlords to Legion zone, which is when we left WoW, we stopped paying attention to it, right? In the same way that when I leave a lot of games, I still pay attention to it. I don't pay attention to League of Legends, right? Even though I probably put just as many hours into League, if not more, than I have into World of Warcraft, right? Um... But those, uh, but once I quit League, I just kind of said, "Why would I pay attention to this anymore? Like, why would this be on my mind? Why would I look at news for this, right?" And that, and that's actually really important to these sorts of cycles, right? Because it gives you time to come to a thing fresh, right? It gives you this moment where you can kind of leave the thing and come back to the thing and go, "Oh, they changed that. That's pretty cool. That's pretty neat, right?" But what's happening with WoW now? Right? is you see people who have unsubscribed and they and they're vocally unsubscribed. they talk about you know whatever Final Fantasy 14, ESO, Guild Wars 2 oh such, such better games or whatever right But then anytime that there is Wow news, they also comment on the Wow news and they comment on the Wow news specifically to make fun of the Wow news, which is so which I think that is unique, right because it never gives someone the space to look at something new to the game. And come back to it and go, oh, wow, they changed that. That's cool, right? Because everything passes through this fil- this bad faith filter, right? And you have to make fun of the thing because, you know, you've moved on or whatever. But, like, anytime it happens, that's news and you have to make fun of it, right? Um, something that happened on the Final Fantasy fourteen subreddit the other day that I thought was incredible was... Someone posted a quote, and the quote was You've never seen, you know, water like this before, right? And they showed a screenshot of an area in Final Fantasy 14 where you can stand on the water. And the point of that post was to make fun of the WoW 9.2 announcement video, right? Where one of the devs, as he's talking about, you know, as he's talking about the new zone says, you've never, you've never seen water like this before, because the point is that there is water that you just stand on, right? You don't sink into the water or swim. You just, you stand on it. That's that's all he said, Right. But that post got six thousand upvotes in the Final Fantasy XIV subreddit, which doesn't even have anything to do with WoW, right? And it's referencing an esoteric joke from the WoW 9.2 announcement video. Like, I just feel like that is the th- that is the the principal case of WoW is a lolcow. cow. We have to make fun of it constantly, and anytime that there is going to be news about the game that news is going to be you know that news is going to be passed through this filter of we have to shit on it which is why i'm very pessimistic about you know that's why i'm very pessimistic about this whole thing um i will say that i think that there is a chance that you can get an expansion reset like maybe if they announce what the new expansion is going to be and it is something that people have been asking for that will move the you know it will noticeably move the dial right people will say i can't get i can't wait to get out of shadowlands fuck shadowlands shadowlands was the worst right and then we're going to move into whatever 10.0 and have a <clears throat> and have a good time But I don't have a lot of faith in that either because I think that the nature of game development is so slow relative to the discourse around it that it'll never be fast enough to catch up against bad faith kind of takes on this stuff, right? Um, Commonly, this was something that we heard about. Shadowlands coming from Battle for Azeroth, right? People didn't enjoy the Battle for Azeroth expansion. Shadowlands gets announced. It gets announced with a whole host of changes that people asked for, right? And then as soon as it's out, now there are new different problems to focus on. And all of the problems that are fixed are gone. You you know, nobody talks about like how Shadowlands fixed gear, right? and made it so that most gear is, if it's an eye-level upgrade, it's just going to be an upgrade for you. Most of the secondary stats are in parallel, I'm sorry, in parody, right? So you never get in this weird situation, which I got into all the time in Legion and BFA, where like if the thing doesn't have haste or mastery on it, it's just a, a completely garbage piece of gear. They they got rid of all of the you know Titan forging and corruptions and all that stuff, right? Just to make whatever dropped off the boss that is the gear, right? And as soon as you got it, you got the best possible version of that gear. All of these things were things that people have been asking for for years, right? But as soon as it comes out with Shadowlands. The, it, it, it falls away, right? So when you do something right, you don't get any credit for it if you're Blizzard. If you do something wrong, you get destroyed for it constantly. Um, and at a certain point, you know, over the course of the patches, over the course of the expansions, I'm sure that whatever the new expansion is, people will find a new reason to complain about it and the changes that, that, that got made and that will be in this cycle all over again. So there you go. That's my incredibly pessimistic point of view. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I, I think I think that's mostly correct. Um, I think that there's like some things there that like, you know, I think I think I think on the whole your your analysis is correct. I might couple with some individual points, right? Like I think that some of the stuff you're identifying with the Shadowlands, like desired changes are, like reversions to the means, that you don't get credit for things that were good before you do, you made them bad type of deal. Um, but I think I think like I said, I think on the whole your analysis is correct. I think like kind of like, I also wonder how much of this is, you know. Blizzard could make good games moving forward and the discourse around them will just be poisoned even if that doesn't really matter, mm-hmm. right? Like, the, the, the discourse around Activision has been poisoned for a long time outside, you know, even outside of the sexual harassment stuff, right? Just, like, Activision is a shit company. And everybody shits on Call of Duty. Call of Duty still sells, like, millions of copies every year, right? Like, regardless of how, like, uh, of how of how much, like, the, you know, the gamer haute couture shits on it, yeah. it sells, like, you know, it sells, like, you know like, hotcakes, as does Madden, which, you know, weirdly, like, the, the sport, sports gamers are like a weird, weird clave that, like... Oh, yeah, like, FIFA and
1: Madden are actually, like, incredibly... Yeah, I yeah I get that 100%.
0: And they're incredibly toxic monetarily, right? Like, mm-hmm. they, they have, like, the worst... But no one cares because, like, real gamers don't play sports games. Oh, yeah, it's right? like how Roblox
1: is a company that is nine times bigger than Ubisoft, twice as big as EA, and uses the most, like, basically the most toxic... Like monetization and all of that stuff, and specifically targeting kids 12 or younger, but nobody talks about fucking Roblox, right? Yeah, you know, we, we have to talk about this stuff. Yeah, I think that that's true. I do think that WoW is in a unique place. Um, people care about this stuff in a way in the WoW community that I have that I do not see in anything else. Actually, I once made this point, um, on. I just wanted to see, like, I was talking with somebody on, like, the Warcraft subreddit about this, where they were talking about how important it is, right? And I do agree that the stuff happening at Activision is, you know, is important. But the point that he was making was, like, it's our job as consumers, you know, to kind of be, you know, the bricks in the wall that prevent this stuff from happening and we have to you know stand firm or whatever and i just kind of thought about that for a second i was like i don't know how true i think that is right and i feel like most consumers don't agree with that point of view and so what i did was i just looked around at the different like activision subreddits that aren't related to like warcraft hearthstone you know blizzard stuff right and nobody was talking about any of this stuff right this was on the day that i think the bobby Kotick article from the wall street journal came out right and it, I do think it was on the Call of Duty subreddit, but I just, I it got like eleven upvotes. And it's just like they don't care. They do not care about it. But it seems like the Warcraft community, the Blizzard communities, really do care about this stuff. Um, so maybe that's maybe that's room for it being different. Um, but I also sort of generally think that, you know. The reality is these games are bigger than people give them credit for, and no one really takes into account that level of scale. So I do have the feeling that this will all be fine in a monetary sense, even in a discourse sense. I think it's going to be awful.
0: Yeah, no. I, so I might agree with you about WoW just because, like, WoW might already be on the... Like, WoW probably already is on the downslope, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And I think there's not a lot you can do to recover from that. Um, but, like... Diablo 4 might blow shit out of the water, right? Yeah. Like, whenever that comes out. Overwatch 2, although I, I think that's got its, its own separate problems. Um, I don't know. People love like,
1: Overwatch. Uh, for some... Something happened that I think was nda eight or whatever, but I saw all of these Overwatch creators uh, talking the other day because I think they got a special presentation for, like, Overwatch in 2022 or something like that. Um, and uh, And so there's theoretically good stuff coming for Overwatch. Who knows? <laughs> Sure, but and just to, to kind
0: of like close close the circle on on this kind of stuff, right? Like, I think I think Blizzard will continue to make quality products, right? Like, in, in, in response to Doctor's question, is Blizzard salvageable, right? Like, I think we're gonna get a split, right? Blizzard itself is going to be fine monetarily. Maybe it won't be the kind of like gem that it was for a long time. Sure. I also think a lot of the people who theoretically are like half canceled as part of this. So- uh, action will come through the fire, make a new studio and do something with it. Right. Like the people that were like, like, I don't know. The, the thing that comes to mind is that, you know, Louis CK just released a new special. It's apparently very good. I haven't listened to it yet. um, Cause it's like independently distributed through his, through his website. Right. Yep. And I feel like, you know, like, first of all, all of the, the like legendary blizzard staff are at best tenuously connected to this. Like no, no one has like, like people have been like Mike Morheim knew and didn't do anything, but that's like, not like, you know, you know, Mike Moreham assaulted someone, right? Yeah. I think that's the type of thing that will fall away, and, like, maybe in four years, we'll have both Diablo 4 and the game from Mike Moreham's new studio, and uh, most of everything will have been forgotten by then, um, except in the kind of, like, generic kind of, like, Blizzard's a sh- Blizzard's a shit corporate company now, right? In the same way that, like, people buy the Battlefield games, even though EA, EA was, like, voted worst company in the world over, like, you know, like, you know, like, worst companies, right? Like, I, yep. I don't remember, I I remember at the time it was, like, Bank of America or, or you know, Wells Fargo during the height of its crisis. People were like, well, he yeah, it's real bad because he bad <laughs> video games and I like the video games, right? Like, um... Yep, that's definitely
1: true. Yeah, yeah something I, so, I once said uh, was nobody cares if a pedophile slices their bread because... And it's not because they don't care about you know their money going to pedophiles is because they don't care about bread. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't give a fuck who I don't know where my bread comes from. The 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 whole interaction is I want the thing I'm gonna pay three dollars for it and I'm gonna put it in my cart with all this other food and move on with my life, right? But because people, you know, the the um I don't want to say obsession, but like the attention that that goes towards these things is so high, right? And people do get you know really into these as a, as like a hobby, right? Yeah. Um it just it that it heightens that feeling what definitely. Um I do think there is one other possibility which I'm not I I'm also pessimistic on. I don't think this will happen, but I think it could legitimately change things if it does, which is if Activision Blizzard legitimately unionizes. Um I again, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that that th- That's really in the cards. But I think maybe in a world where they actually unionize, that would legitimately change things uh, like on a perception level. And people would go, oh, they fixed it, right? Um, I don't think that that's the default way that people approach these things. I think people always want to sort of not have tangible goals, and they want to have sort of like a nebulous, we need to do better, right? So no matter what strides get met or changed according to this process, right, you know, you'll see. Um, for a long time, it was the 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 workers' group put out a, a, a list of demands, and I think Bobby Kodak responded to all of them except one, right? And um, and the the context of that was not wow, this was a huge victory, right? Which. Relatively speaking, it is given the way that these scandals have played out at other companies, right? Riot just ignored yep. this shit. Ubisoft also just ignored this shit twice, actually, two times. Um, and uh, and so it's actually kind of unique that that Bobby Kodak even addressed and implemented changes along along these sorts of lines, right? You know, that is a kind of step forward that we hadn't really seen in any of these other sorts of companies in any of these other scandals. But th- that wasn't the conversation, right? Because nobody wants it to... If that just feels weird. You don't want to praise Bobby Kotick, right? So what you do is you say, yeah. well, it's a good first step, but we have a long way to go, right? And I think that kind of puts this damper on everything. And I get, I get the sense that even if they were to unionize, which I think is is the end goal, right? If you were to put it in my hands, if I were God and I could say, how do I fix this problem? I would just, boom, Activision Union. There we go, right? Um, which obviously has all this other follow-on stuff, but just, you know... Even and I assume for most of the people on Twitter or whatever, right, Reddit, right, people would would have a a similar thought process along these sorts of lines. Right. If you're the kind of person who's ripping Bobby Kodak, you probably think an Activision Union is a good thing. But I have a feeling that even if it were to happen, people would just say, This is a good first step, but we have a long way to go.
0: Yeah. No, and and I, I also wonder how like just because like even you know, let's let's take out of the equation whether like like the, the the kind of individual merits of of unionization or not. But I think that like the way that that looks to like in in terms of the economic driving force, right? Like maybe everything turns out okay. But I also feel like that there's there's a chance that investors at large decide that this is not a thing that they want to put their money in anymore, and that put, pushes things in the wrong direction economically. Yep. Right. Like, um, and maybe that I don't know. We'll see. Um, I don't know. I also just kind of doubt it's gonna happen. Um, mostly because, uh, like I we, we did a whole podcast where I explained why I don't think that developers like unionization benefits like like you know coders programmers mm-hmm. specifically. Um, and I th- I just think that, that that holds right. Like I I, I think that it's, it's that people would leave for for like normal industry (laughs) um um i just i also don't think that i i just don't think that there's enough uptake there there might be right but i also like i don't know like um there's 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 like weird pseudo union movements other places in the industry that are like not really unions but they're kind of like people taking up social causes which feels like more this is what this kind of wants to be even though it's ostensibly a labor union on on, a, on its face yeah like just because it's inter- intertwined with the culture war stuff so much so i don't know i don't know we'll see we'll see how that goes i i also do, i don't have enough kind of insight to talk about
1: yeah that so half an anymore. hour later the moral of this story Akshay, is that i'm incredibly pessimistic about all of this i don't think it's getting better anytime soon but i'm happy to be proven wrong about that right uh yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> Wow. Well, what was his next question
0: Uh, What IP do you wish had a video game or a modern game that doesn't? Um,
1: Huge. Oh, or
0: or a modern game, I think he means, like, if, like, you know, it had a game, but not, or it had a game in the past, but didn't have, like, a modern iteration.
1: Okay, that actually makes things easier. My first two thoughts immediately were... Aquaman, which did have a game, a famously awful game, in the N64 era, and Fables, which had a famously actually quite good game in from Telltale in, I think, 2013, just because those are two... I've been reading, like, comics recently, and those are, like, two comics I've been reading. Interesting. What do I think about this? Oh, man. I think if it were up to me, I would make a 7c game uh kind of like a crpg oh, one. a 7c a crpg yeah is what i would do i think 7c is honestly one of my favorite ips that i have ever sort of discovered right so many ips are just kind of there right and it feels like they have been a part of my life for the longest time spider-man batman you know whatever right um even, even, like, Warcraft, Warhammer, all of these things. Like, I was introduced to these things so long ago, so I, I haven't had the feeling of discovering a new IP for the first time and going, wow, right? Like, this world is so incredible, I want to sink myself into it. But 7th Sea definitely gave me that feeling, and um, and I and I just think it's a very cool setting, and it would lend itself well um, to sort of, um, maybe not in a crunchy sense, right, of, uh, of some of these CRPGs, right? Like, Pathfinder Kingmaker also lends itself well to the CRPG, like genre but i would say it lends itself well in a crunch sense um because it just systemizes all of the crunch to that system which is pretty crunchy 7c is not a crunchy game but i do think that you not know a, a really talented developer who's doing cool things um and has you know just uh complex thoughts about sort of narrative choice and all of that stuff on their mind could take 7c and make a really awesome crpg out of it
0: that that makes sense i think i i agree with that um I agree with that 100%. I mean you could even you could even like go outside the genre, right? Like you could you could even do like <laughs> not that I think this would be a good good idea, but you could do like, you know, like a, a vermin tight style shooter with it. Yeah, um, that, that's because... true. <laughs> <laughs> um Honestly, honestly, now you've got me thinking of like doing 7C but in like in like um a paradox game, right? Like having like that, or like a Total I think actually Total War would be better. Like Total War 7C, I think would be great. Um, That's interesting.
1: I also think that would be great, but for like completely different, like that is, it's entirely on the world building, right? And has nothing right. to do yes, with like yeah. the systems or whatever, but just like how interesting it would be in this kind of um, close, but not quite medieval setting um, uh, or maybe Renaissance setting, somewhere in there setting, right? Um, making like, making a, a grand strategy, strategy game out of that
0: yeah no and for 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 my answer like i'm I'm thinking and I don't have a good answer but i I am thinking that like like a lot of these books that I've been reading recently that are very good I actually don't think make for good video games like just kind of like you know like I kind of don't have any desire to have like a goon video game right because it's got cool world building but it is very centered around that kind of a plot line yeah right um and like um, like I'm reading Hyperion by by Dan Simmons but again it's it's focused on the events of the story right and so there's like like c is great because there's a whole world there right like um and similarly so, so like say Lord of the Rings is good but there's video games there right there's like yeah. not I, I have I,
1: the, I have the same feeling I actually think that uh, the, a Game of Thrones would be also a great example of this but there are video games um in that setting uh though they're bad yeah. as far as i understand it but i think you know like a game of thrones version of total war would also be insanely fun actually i don't i wouldn't want to do total war if i was doing game of thrones i'd want to do a paradox style grand strategy yeah
0: yeah i think i agree with you on that
1: um like the best experience i've ever had with crusader kings 2 was the total war uh or, i'm sorry the um the the game of thrones mod for crusader kings 2 which was just like so complex and there were so many kind of pieces to it but um yeah. Yeah. Um God, that's an interesting question, but it's a very good one.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree. Um like so part of me wants to say that yeah, okay, so I think this is a good answer. Um and it's it's the modern game category. I think if you could do a blade runner game where you actually played a blade runner doing blade running, that would be cool.
1: Oh, interesting. Um just because like,
0: you know, the theme, like the kind of plots of both, of both movies, were like blade running, but like you're not actually supposed to do the job right because the person you're hunting is special, right? Like, like an actual game where you're just playing, like you know, like an android cop, you know, being like you know, you know, like uh, you take down this like you know this, this murdering. Robot and just do that. I think that'd be a neat concept for a game. Yeah, right? and you
1: can like, you can put it in those kind of. I don't think I would want to do Cyberpunk, but maybe like Deus Ex, right, where it's like, yeah, or, or like Hitman might actually be a better archetype for this, where it's like yeah, level by level, yeah. you have a you have a target, you have to like work through your thing to get at your target. That would be sweet. I would also like that quite a lot. Blade Runner would be a really good one. Man, that's interesting. Because there hasn't, hasn't been a Blade Runner game, even though it kind of feels like it. Ha- there has been a Blade Runner game. <laughs> Uh, so there there has been like an adventure game.
0: Uh that's okay. apparently um that's, that's that's pretty that's apparently pretty good. Um but uh I haven't played it. I just saw I think Mandalore Gaming did a uh uh did a did a thing on it.
1: Okay, um, well, you know, that makes sense I guess. Um I don't know. I, I can't yet, really think of any others off the top of my head, but uh but I feel pretty confident about those answers. Seven C is a real is a really yeah, cool one. No, I
0: agree. That's a good one. All right, he's got one more final question. Okay. Um, three Ugandan knuckles or thirty-year-old boomer? Which meme do you prefer? He phrased it just as 30, "Ugandan knuckles or thirty-year-old boomer?" Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? So,
1: I kind of hate. I both of those. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I really hated Ugandan knuckles when that was uh, when that was a meme. I just honestly like, what is the joke? Can someone explain the joke to me? What? Why is that even funny? I don't understand. So
0: I th- I, I see. I think this is why it died super quick. Like, it is funny and kind of like uh like. That is completely, like, it's, like, a very weird combination of things. Just kind of, like, strikes your funny bone. Because, like, I enjoyed it for, like, a week, right? But, like, once you get past that, it's kind of, like, there's nothing else there, right? It's, yeah. like, there's the shock value of a stupid, like, a stupidly modeled Knuckles that has a weird accent. Like, that's, you know, funny and kind of, like, a shock humor kind of way for, like, you know, a week, like I said. But then, like, that's why it died out so fast. Um, 30-year-old boomer. I think has more meme ability, right? Like specifically with Akshay, I will send him just like like memes involving a can of monster, right? Um, which I think like because I think that kind of like, you know, you can identify this thing as a boomer, right? Like um like uh what's 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 the character's name? Why can't I remember his name? Um uh uh Virgil from Devil May Cry from Devil May Cry with like, or even Dante with like a mo- like a monster is just kind of like, ha, that's funny, right? Like, um, and so I think I think in terms of immobility, I guess I have to favor thirty year old boomer, even though I think you knuckles was like. Like a moment, like an inspired moment. Yeah, but. I th-
1: so so here here's here's my my overall take. Uganda knuckles is a bad meme. Fundamentally, it is not funny. There's no punchline to the joke. It is just dumb and weird and random. So I think it is a bad meme for those for those reasons. Thirty year old boomer I think is a good template for a meme but i just think most of the ones that i've seen maybe like i i've just never seen good versions of this meme um because i've definitely seen them on like twitter but i'm just like looking at the ones that i just want to new, know your meme right where you can just see big a big list of a bunch of different ones and i'm just looking at all these i'm just like oh god these all suck so bad so i think 30 year old boomer is a good template which has like mostly bad memes made of it, which I think makes 30-Year-Old Boomer the better of those two categories, even though I don't particularly uh, enjoy either one. (laughs) So I'm just going to say, like,
0: 30-Year-Old, or uh, rather, Know Your Meme having, like, the – I think it's by recency primarily, not by popularity. So, like, a meme having a a bunch of bad meme versions of it is – evidence that's a pretty good meme, I think, because that means that it's got enough – cultural cachet that like people are just using it wrong. You know what? You're Um, probably right.
1: I didn't think about that, but that actually makes a lot of sense. I agree.
0: (laughs) Um all right. So that's that's all Hawkshay's questions. Um by the way, people on the stream if you wanna if you wanna ask questions, feel free to throw them in the chat. But we've got one more from Iran uh our friend of the cast who's come on for a bunch of Hearthstone uh, casts. Um Uh, He asks us, have your gaming and or media tastes changed since you started the podcast six years ago?
1: Oh, that's actually an interesting question Mm -hmm. as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, man. I'm sure the answer answer. has to be
0: yes. Like, I feel like the answer has to be yes, but I'm not sure if I'm cognizant of it, if that makes sense. Like, my biggest gaming revelation, and I think this happened before we started the podcast, but, like, like, I realized I just don't like... Like Twitch RTS's, right? Like Starcraft style RTS's. I just don't find them. I was like, I really don't like these. Why am I? Why do I keep playing these? So, but like,
1: you know. know, I do I think do... my my attention span has gotten worse. And it has made it harder for me to play certain kinds of games that want you... Um, I think this is part of why I bounce off of uh, Cyberpunk a little bit more than I would have expected, right? That's a genre that I feel like should be second nature to me, right? I've I've always loved those sorts of open world kind of games, right? Um, but I think something that Cyberpunk does that frustrates my core sort of, like, desires... Is it asks me to sit there and kind of watch a cutscene like play out, where I I don't really control anything, but I'm in this weird state of controlling something and not controlling something, um, and that just kind of like made me sort of like realize that I don't have I don't have a great sense for those kinds of uh, those kinds of games anymore, and I think it'd be hard for me to get into you know. Um, I don't know. It's a good example of this, or maybe like Mordor. The the what was the second one? Shadow of War. Like Shadow I, I War, yeah. yeah, I really like the first one, but I completely bounced off of the second one, right? And and part of what that was was you know the parts that I was really interested in running around, going from rooftop to rooftop or whatever, right? Um and assassinating these, these guys. That part was great. That part was fun. But then, you know, the story would kick in and I would have to sit through a couple of minutes of a cutscene and I would just, immediately disconnect i would like adhd out um and i don't know what what works there and what does it that didn't happen to me with assassin's creed valhalla for whatever reason i was pretty keyed into the assassin's creed narrative and i was more than willing to sit through any number of cutscenes just because i was kind of invested in the story and everything else um but i just feel like i should have been taken by games like cyberpunk and shadow of war um in a way that uh that i haven't been and maybe that is a result of just sort of, like, being antsy or having ADHD or some shit uh, that just makes it, like, hard to focus on narrative content that isn't super appealing to me. Um, so, so I, th- I think
0: actually that's, that's interesting because I think I've got a similar thing, with, but I'm going to express it slightly differently. Um, I think I have, for the most part, and I don't think it's universal, but I think for the most part I've lost patience for traditional narratives told through games like I have long said that I don't think they do it particularly well. Right. Like I think I have long said that I think that we give a pass to bad game narratives because it is like, you know, it's, it's like, there's not a lot of great examples in, in the art form in, in the art form. Um, and so I think i found myself gravitating more towards games as a sport in different ways. Right. Like I like, and partially also cause that's like a less of a time commitment, commitment typically um, and towards games that are doing something unique you utilizing the, the 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 format to tell a story more uniquely um or tell like a, a a more concentrated story right like Hades i think is a good example of this um some of the indies that that you know we've played over the years i think are good examples of this um and i think like you know like i really liked dad of war um but like like uh like like valhalla i just kind of like was like i didn't dislike it but it was like whatever about it um uh other kinds of games in like the, the kind of like ub tower games like i appreciate to a certain extent from like the gameplay perspective but i just don't think the um uh the the narratives are, are that compelling and because of that i've i've started to go back to like you know like science fiction right like like mm. uh science fiction literature um and like and, and you know movies and shows right I, literature in particular lately but i think like wanting to get like the narrative satisfaction i'm going to those formats because i think they do it better ultimately um and you know picking and choosing kind of the the games that are like more interesting because of their either emergent gameplay qualities or they're like their pure sport qualities um or kind of like the new things they're doing are are the things i want more out of um out of my games right like i haven't played a traditional rpg in a Long time, I don't think the closest thing is Cyberpunk, right? And that's part partly keeping me like like I don't think I'd have the patience for a pure menu driven JRPG style game anymore. Like, I just don't think there'd be something there to, to to really to really get me. I think it needs either some something unique happening with it or um, enough Twitch combat to like make it compelling from like a skill base. Or unit. and
1: I think this is a crucial thing too is if it is something I can reasonably disassociate from, right? Um, Okay. So, for instance, I think I would probably describe Hearthstone mercenaries as a traditional jrpg you know menu combat game in the sense that you know what you're doing is you're selecting uh, you go turn by turn you're selecting abilities right for your guys to use um your guys are leveling up all this other sort of jr you know like rpg stuff um but the specific thing about hearthstone mercenaries is that there is really no narrative content it is kind of just there either you know like you can do the pvp version of it right or you can grind out the the pve version of it right and I, on its own, that is not a great experience. But when I'm looking to just r- chill at the end of my day, put on a TV show, and mostly watch the TV show, but sometimes, or like the movie or whatever, but sometimes kind of like move over. That th- It's perfect for that kind of thing. Which I think also applies, I mean, WoW is different for me because I can kind of go in and out of it, you know, every time a new expansion comes out, I turn sound on, I turn music on, and I just kind of live in it. For the first month or so, but then after a while, I transition out of that into, um, you know, where I just mute everything and I have something going in my, either, you know, podcast, TV show, something, you know, on my other screen just to to fill the time, right? Um, So, maybe that's unique, maybe that's different, Uh, but... Mostly, I feel like there are those sorts of games that I can, I can either watch with something else, or I can either do with something else as a way to kind of keep my fingers busy, which is fun, um, or. You know, the only way I can really get into it as its own thing is if I get kind of sucked into it on a kind of gameplay or, like, a gameplay narrative level. Really, Valhalla is the unique one here, because it's the one that got me both on, like, a gameplay and a narrative level, and I was on board for kind of both of those. But most of the time, I just kind of, like, washed off them. And then sometimes it's just the raw gameplay thing, right? Like, when I was playing, I replayed all of the Far Cry games, right? So I replayed Far Cry uh, 4, Far Cry 5 and and then I did the, the sequel that we had never gotten to, Far Cry New Dawn, right? Far Cry New Dawn is actually a really great, fun game, and it's because there's, like, basically no narrative to it. There's, like, a little bit of narrative. You know, you, you always give a little bit pass for this, right? A 30-minute intro kind of thing, set up the world or whatever. But then it's mostly just go, go around, clear outposts, kill towers, do, you know, whatever, right? And that stuff is the most fun part of a Far Cry game. And so it's kind of like it's a game that got out of its own way right and realized hey you know what is the best part of this the best part is where you go clear an outpost and what you can do now is you can clear a whole outpost but then you can do a thing where you can give the outpost back so you kill everybody in the outpost you loot a bunch of currency or whatever um but you don't occupy the outpost right and what happens is higher level guys come and populate the outpost and now it's almost like it's almost like a mythic plus dungeon or something right where because it scales up there are more guards there are more traps there are more alarms that you have to disable right And you already did that the first time so you know where some of this stuff is but now you have to react to the new stuff and you can do that four different times at any individual outpost like that's perfect that's all i want out of a game a lot of the time right um uh total war is also like this right just like on a raw gameplay level it is engrossing to play you know stellaris total war um any of these kinds of, you know, really crunchy grand strategy games, just because the, the even Humankind, right? Like, just the, the mechanics are so complicated that you can't help but have to get sort of submerged in them. Um, which I think is... I don't know. I just think that's interesting and a, and a kind of complex uh, interaction of where where i'm at when it comes to other stuff by the way i guess this talks about other things besides just games um i find myself having less and less patience for high anxiety movies and television um which is to say something like you know the sopranos uh even breaking bad and better call saul um right now it's succession for me i I watched the first season of succession but i just kind of realized that like it was a little too sweaty for like for me to for me to watch and I went back and I started watching um I think it was American Dad, you know, just, like, some easy show, right, that doesn't, it has laughs, doesn't, it's not challenging, there's no anxiety, there's no cliffhangers involved, I'm not, I mean, Succession is weird, I don't project onto the characters, but I'm not projecting onto these characters and worrying about them, right, in the way that they're, um, in the way that they're going forward, that's a very new thing, uh, since, like, the pandemic, I've I've felt that way, um, when it comes to, you know, specifically TV. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Alright. Well, that's all of our email questions. Um did you wanna did you wanna read out the uh the ones you got from the Discord that you were seeing? I cannot
1: me? really do that while streaming because of how all right. the thing works. I will
0: happily do it then. Alright. Some of these are a little are a little um trolly, but that's fine. Um from Draco Ape. Um if two guys were on the moon and one of them killed the other with a rock would that be fucked up or what?
1: <laughs> I think this so I don't know should I should, like do I answer this like a real question? I think this is asking a moral question, right? Like an ethical question. Yeah. Um which is right if there's no one or if there's no one else around if I kill if I kill someone else and I'm the only person what is the ethical problem with that? Is something in and of itself ethical, or is it relativistically yeah, ethical? Yeah, you, you, you
0: hold dogmatically that, that uh, killing people is wrong, Yeah, Yeah. Right? Like, and I, I think I do, yes, right? Like, I would not like to be killed by a rock on the moon, Um, you know?
1: I mean, was the guy asking for it? You know? Did he have it coming, <laughs> right? like,
0: we're, we're, <laughs> So, like, I have to imagine, if you ask a question like this, right, like, you have to imagine that this is all other variables, like, held irrelevant yeah right yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true
0: right like if the question is is can i imagine a scenario where i someone would be justified in killing somebody else with a rock on the moon i'd say sure i could imagine that but i i have to imagine that that's like not the sole question i also think it's a troll question so i don't think we have to give it much more than this
1: yeah i mean i so the interesting thing and this is kind of where i've come in terms of like moral philosophy over you know however many years is that um I kind of think the two frames are sort of, like, consequentialist and, uh, like, categorical morality uh, in most cases. And they both have clear upside and downside, right? Categorical morality has the problem of creating, terror, you know, like, bad conditions because you hold true to these things, even in situations where it is, you know, like, demonstrably worse, right? Right. Um, So an easy example of this might be, you know, under a categorically moral system, you would not kill a person who does some terrible, heinous thing that ruins the whole world or or like ruins a bunch of people, right? Right. You know, and that's in a certain way that's the downside, and that's kind of the fucked the fucked up thing. The consequentialist fucked up thing is you know, you have the, the ends justifies the means problem where you can kind of get away with doing really heinous fucked up shit. As long as it has a pretty good result, right? As long as the thing works out, okay, all the stuff that happened before that is sort of forgiven under a consequentialist mindset. And I really don't know that either of those can be like realistically correct, um, in a fundamental frame i think the categorical mindset would say killing the guy on the on the moon doesn't or doesn't uh it's not good right it is it's bad it breaks the rule therefore it's bad right no matter what the consequences are whereas the consequentialist mindset would say who cares it doesn't matter doesn't matter i don't know who I, like who cares kind of thing um in general i always think of myself as a consequentialist but i don't Really, don't. Yeah, I don't. Difficulty.
0: I don't think anyone's really, truly one way or the other. Yeah, exactly. Um, you,
1: th- no one is so much of a consequentialist that they're willing to kill ten thousand people to whatever, right? Like, it's very rare that you will find someone willing to do the the truly fucked up, you know, kind of what if like, scenario. They, that they, they also make represents. for
0: they also make for like great villains, right? Because yeah. like you know, you like I did the math, right? Like this is like this is um Thanos and like Osyman right? Yep, like absolutely. Um.
1: yeah i but, mean even yeah. even the character like even um well you know actually so i do think that that's true but i also think that there is something to villains who are inflexible which is like the the sort of categorical perspective right so for instance um someone who like some villain right who holds a moral value that is categorically that is wrong you know uh, Magneto is probably the best example of this, right? He legitimately thinks mutantkind is there to replace humanity, and that humans are, you know, evolutionary dullards who can be killed or enslaved or whatever else, right? And that is his inflexible position, you know, and... Oh, you in- know what,
0: yeah... Environmentalists are also like, you know, like a poison ivy or something like this. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Right. Stupid. So
1: I do think that there is villain representation among both of those. Though I do think in general, there is a lot of like for the greater good in modern media today. But I think part of yeah. that is because villains are f- less frequently like. You know, the example I think of is um, <laughs> is Ratigan. I'm stealing this from Lindsay oh. Ellis, the YouTuber Lindsay Ellis, because she talks about Radigan, the, um, the rat gangster from The Great Mouse Detective. Yes. Why Detective. is he a villain? Yeah. Because it's fun. Because making money. Because he's greedy and a dick. And that's it. You don't need to explain right. it more than that. It's so rare to have that kind of a villain nowadays, right? You know, they like, always I, have I, I... some...
0: a a straight, like, self-interested villain anymore. Yeah,
1: Yeah. that is true. Um, Um. (laughs) So anyway, I guess I would think, you know, I guess I think it is fucked up to kill the guy on the moon. Really, my thing is that I think, uh, is that I think, like people have a lot of value, right? And it's pretty hard to convince me that killing someone is like the correct solution uh, to any to any problem or to any you know thing or whatever. So I guess in that sense, I don't know. Killing somebody on the moon is fucked up, but who does what does really care if there's only two guys? You know, it's like a tree falling. I don't care if the tree makes a sound, right? Like that's the. I guess that's the underpinning.
0: Yeah, that's like that that that's it. A- that's a different thing. I, I, so kind of in that vein, I do recommend doing some, like I have not done a ton. Um, and I want to do more, but like reading on like Zen, right? Like I think Alan Watts is a good, good introduction for like Western people. Um, it's cause like, it kind of like get kind of helps you understand the root of some of those questions more, right? Like I understand like the old, the old, the old joke. It's like, you know, the Buddha, the, uh, or was the Dalai Lama goes to New York and to a hot dog vendor and says, make me one with everything. Right? Like, like, that 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 joke is funny on like an elementary level because it's kind of like that's the thing that Dalai Lama says, right? But like when you understand kind of like the philosophical underpinning, it's also funny because like it's dumb, right? But like it's it's I don't know. I I think I think I think I think everybody could do a little bit more reading of like uh, different world philosophies. Um, if you yep. open I love
1: Alan Watts. Alan Watts has this one thing where he talks about. Um. Uh, um He talks about dreaming, right? And people living in a dream, right? And if you were to live in a dream with all, you know, like, and you could do anything you want, you would live an infinite number of different lives, but kind of settle back in on this one or whatever, doing a terrible job of this or whatever. But there's actually a song that pops
0: up. By Akira the Don.
1: Oh my God, is that right?
0: It's on Watts Wave 4, I believe. Yeah, He's, okay, yeah, yeah,
1: because the, 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 it is a common thing to be set to sort of, like, a lo-fi like, right. beat or whatever, and it's just, like, honestly kind of trippy and awesome. Like,
0: <laughs> I, I love, I, I, whichever one, I'm pretty sure it's 4. I love that Watts Wave album, like, so much. Um, I hear that Don does a bunch of, kind of, like, people speaking over lo-fi beats, and I, I go back and forth on these different albums. Like, I didn't like Watts Wave 5 nearly as much. Um, and he also does, like, he does, like, he, so he is famous for also doing, like, Jocko Willink and, um, and like, Trent Peterson albums in the same kind of vein. Um, but he's got a bunch of stuff in there. Um, he you also know, makes a lot of music. He puts out a ton of music, like, so much so they had to unfollow him on Spotify so that my release radars
1: weren't just, like, a Akira <laughs> the Dawn. You know what's interesting is I actually think this is not who I am referencing uh really like, look, yeah i well because I, it, I i searched it on my playlist because i know it's on the the might show playlist somewhere or whatever and i searched it on there and it's not on there and i was like what the fuck so it that i guess there's more than one right <laughs> yeah probably i mean it, i think also sometimes he shows
0: up under like he like gives he like tags them as co-authors right so maybe if you tag it as alan watts you'll find it but like i think the most famous one is definitely um uh watts way four, but uh, you know, and if you haven't listened to it, I recommend it, buddy. So you know, go go take a listen. Recommendation for everybody at home as well. Um, all right, next question from also from Draco Ape. Um, This one's a little bit more serious. If you could pick a modernish game to get a demake, uh remade for a lower powered system, what would you choose?
1: Oh, I loved this question. As soon as I read it, and I've been thinking about it nonstop. Um, I have a bunch of different answers, but so the first one that like immediately um came to mind is I would be really interested to see a um a version of something like <clears throat> um I'd be really interested to see a version of something like uh Mordor Shadow of War or um the uh you know like any of these like the the Assassin's Creed games, right? Or any of these kinds of open world RPGs like, through the lens of the old Pokemon Zelda 2D Game Boy sort of RPG format, right? Where you kind of, you know, you walk into a dungeon, you have to do all this all other kind of stuff. I just think that that's, like, a really neat thought experiment. I don't think, I don't have anything more complicated than that. But I just love the idea of doing, you know, Dragon Age, Mass Effect, right? Whatever, right? In, which in which are modern RPG, excuse me, modern RPGs in a 20, 30 year old Sort of RPG format. That was the thing that I was immediately like, "That's really interesting. What would you do if you had to make a game in the same genre but with wildly different genre conventions?" Um, but I also have a million other instances. What 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 is something that came to mind for you? Well, the,
0: the thing that immediately comes to mind is similarly, but instead <clears throat> of like the top down, is the side sideways like Metroidvania style for those types of games. So I think that's the other thing that like makes sense in that in that in that context, right? Like that you can go um that you can you want to essentially kind of capture that open world feel and the two ways to do that are either a top-down rpg or side going metroidvania style game um i don't know if i have like a, a really like because like a lot of the games i like are like demakeable in a way that like doesn't really change a lot of their content right like you could make you know crusader king's The same game, but with, like, worse graphics, right? And I don't think that really fulfills the spirit of the And I think that those
1: would really suffer from being demade, right? Um, Whereas, like, I think it's, uh, you know, an interesting sort of thing to demake a game like Dragon Age on, you know, like on a Game Boy. Um, I don't think it would be that interesting to demake... You know, I've played Civilization One and Two, and they suck comparatively because having more complicated systems because you have more CPU. You know, like the the, yeah. the processing power makes a big difference. I guess is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, also like this, I think this is a cheap answer of like Dark Souls because like we've all oh that was what I was going like to say next, yeah. Well,
1: so the 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 Dark Souls one that I think would work really well is actually like you know like the arcade beat 'em ups. Um, I oh, think yeah, you yeah, could yeah. make an arcade beat-em-up of Dark Scrolls that has a pretty similar difficulty level to the open world Dark Souls that we have um, with some of those Dark Souls kind of rules like bonfires, restarting, all that other kind of stuff um, and, you know, like getting souls and upgrading your character and all that I think you could re- you could demake that in the that sort of beat-em-up uh, genre and it would be very cool and super interesting and I would be all about it
0: Oh, you know what? That that makes sense to me because, like, you'd get, like... Essentially, you'd get, like... So, like, those games, like, classically are Nintendo hard mm-hmm. in that they're meant to eat your quarters, right? Um, or, like, provide you with a lot of entertainment value despite not being that long because there was, like, not a lot of room on the cartridge or whatever. And they do that by forcing you back to the beginning every so often. So a a fair version of that where, like, you essentially, you have that same... You have the same level of difficulty but it's but it's fair instead of kind of being like cheap shots or like, you know, forcing you to spend your life for things, which is kind of what happens in like those classes in those classic side scrollers. Yep. I think it'd be super interesting. I think that's a good call. Um, I don't know if I have like a lot of like, I think there's a couple of like, like kind of stock answers that I think would still make good answers, right? Like, you know, like. Take Breath of the Wild and make it into a classic Zelda game, mm. right? Like I think would be, I think would be. Yeah, I also like.
1: think that you could do Odyssey, right? Like take like Mario Odyssey and make it like a like, you know, Super Mario sixty four, right? Um But I don't think that those are fun answers. I think those are kind of lame yeah. answers, right? Um yeah. I did have one other thought, but I can't remember what off. The, it was off the top of my head. Uh, man, this is gonna this is gonna fuck me up. I like literally just had it.
0: I would be interested in like taking something like, so I imagine doing something like taking uh, like a total war Warhammer and turning it kind of into like a Heroes of Might Magic style game as I don't know if that counts quite as a demake because you've got modern iterations of the Heroes of Might Magic style, but like where, where because you can't do like the real-time strategy really well, you're like that turns into like a turn-based thing for the battle systems and like, making i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm just taking you know total war and turning it into just like a a straight turn based game but i feel like i feel like there's like some room there for like a a, a more open kind of like battlefield but not quite but like in meet i don't know that was just yeah, kind of I mean, like it's, it's weird pop- that yeah. Total
1: War has been around for a long time. Honestly, I remember thinking about this when Total War Rome was out, the first one, right, right. and just being absolutely flabbergasted that this was a the pot like the possibilities of a game like that, right? And now, you know, like that's like quaint compared to what Warhammer can offer you, right. like the size of that campaign map, all the different factions and everything. Um, but uh, yeah, like that—that's definitely one that that kind of gets my. That kind of gets my brain tickling, I guess. Oh, the other one that I was thinking about would be um uh imagine a space game. So No Man's Sky kind of does this, right? You know, it it has um it has these like space mechanics, you're blowing up guys, you're teching or whatever, right? Imagine one of these kinds of space games, right? Uh like Star Wars Rogue Squadron, which is an N64 game, I know. Um, <clears throat> but just as another example. Kind of like a joystick. You know, uh, dogfighty kind of game. I would I would be interested to see one of those sorts of games in a asteroids or Galaga sort of sense, right? Because you know, like I think asteroids and Galaga and Space Invaders all have that sort of starship kind of like aesthetic, right? They're all in the same sort of genre. Um, narratively but i actually don't think that they're in the same sort of genre like gameplay wise right just because having the having the the sort of joystick three dimensions of movement or whatever um where you actually are like doing these sorts of complicated dogfights is not something that was ever really supported in those 2d eras but i sort of think you could you could do that and i would like to see a game like that like what happens if you are playing galaga and your opponent is a starship that is just as nimble and maneuverable as you
0: interesting huh all right sounds good to me um you think you're are you good to move on to the next question yep
1: uh that was that those are the ones that were on my mind
0: all right all right this is from norcho what kind of sandwich is geralt the witcher if he were a sandwich <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I asked this question the day that the new Witcher TV show came out, which is why we were uh and I also think Norcho was drunk when he asked this because he misspelled all of this and I cleaned it up yeah. when I sent you the question. He he says Gerolf with an F, and I was yeah. like, that's gotta obviously that's a typo, right? Uh, we've
0: got we've got three three weird questions about Geralt from Norcho here. Yeah, so all let's, of let's them think. were
1: Gerolf with an F, by the way. Which I <laughs> but anyway, thank you, Norcho. <laughs> Um, I think if, uh, if Geralt was a sandwich, he would be something like corned beef on rye or like a Reuben, um, just because I think he's a pretty, like, bitter guy overall. You can tell I thought a lot about this. He's a pretty bitter guy overall, and I think that those two tastes are maybe the closest the sandwich world gets to that kind of, um, you know, to that kind of, like, bitter, salty Right, like, as the core taste of the sandwich. I think you could also make an argument that anything with, like, weird condiments would also count here. Like, horseradish, right? Like, people do horseradish mayo on stuff or whatever. But I feel like...
0: That's not weird.
1: Well, I mean, I don't think... Sure, fine, it's not weird. I just mean the sense that, like, that also probably gets that sort of, like, bitterness across. But I feel like I would rather have that inside of pastrami or corned beef um, rather than inside of, I don't know inside of the inside of the mayo that's my that's my thought what do you what do you think
0: uh i mean the the answer that immediately jumped into my head was men which um but that's mostly <laughs> because of the, rather than because of any real thematic uh uh any any real thematic um uh combination um i feel like he's yeah, I, I don't I don't really have like a great answer. I, I think I think you're you're right in kind of like your your general setting too, right? Like I don't think I think like something that you've captured there too with like the corned beef on rye type thing is you you've get you kind of get like a, a vague Eastern Europe style thing, which is obviously a big big influence on, on Geralt. Like part of me just wants to be like, you know, kibasi and sauerkraut on like a roll or something, right? Oh my like, god, yeah. Uh, like but that that's mostly just kind of like tying into the Eastern European roots. Um, but like, you know, I, I think, I think maybe something with like, like a strong herbal note to it. Um, and maybe this is just me like pulling in fantasy genre conventions into things, but like that, that feels like it would be part of it. I also feel like cabbage is a thing that would make a lot of sense, like cabbage, like, but I don't know if there's like a really good kind of cabbage sandwich, but I don't know. I also don't know. Like, like, I feel like it's hard to like match a sandwich to like a person, right, in terms of, like, like how the sandwich represents them in terms of, like, what I think Geralt would eat eat right, like, I feel like, you know, like a hunk of bread and a hunk of meat like, kind of smashed together, seems like his style, but, like, I don't know I don't have a great answer for this, so I'm I gonna have to defer to you
1: <laughs>
0: okay alright, moving on, which category of Jeopardy would really fu- fuck Geralt up <laughs> um, and my immediate thought was something like, modern architecture <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, like some triv- trivia about the... St- like Star Wars trivia or something, right? Like, you know? Yeah, like- <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I r- I really did enjoy this question, though. You know, like, which category... I mean, specifically the way it's worded. Which category of Jeopardy would fuck Geralt up? <laughs> okay, so outside of... I think outside of the uh, the obvious answer, which is modern shit that Geralt doesn't know about. I think maybe my favorite answer for this would be something kind of along the lines of like, um, you know, uh, like what, like what, like the day to day life of a farmer or something like that. You know what I mean? Just like something in Geralt's life that he is that he is not you know part and parcel to because he's fundamentally a witcher running around killing monsters right and so yeah you probably would not understand the fundamentals of crop rotation if you're a Geralt that kind of thing
0: yeah yeah so if if the frame is you know this is like witcher world uh, jeopardy where like you know Alex Trebek is like you know like a you know an appropriate period peasant and that all makes sense what would what would what would uh, he fail at I mean, that's. I think that's a good one. Um, I feel like you know, like you know, normal, healthy relationships, like stuff like that. Cause
1: like, <laughs> like psychology um, questions, empathy questions.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, like or you know, or like, or like maybe I think,
1: like I think, uh, like what what are the most popular ballads or like songs in in taverns in you know whatever Witcher Land is called?
0: He might know that though, right? Cause yeah, that's like, true. I what, guess he does hang out in what, taverns. He hangs out there a lot, and he's got Dandelion, right? Yeah. Um, although maybe he off he offloads all that information to to Dandelion. Um, yeah. Uh. <laughs> um. But yeah, I you know, it, it's I, I again. I should post a question. I don't think we need to. <laughs> hang it that long. Um. And then the third question is why doesn't Geralt have the hat?
1: Um, yeah, uh, this one, uh, so he doesn't wear a helmet, I think is is what this is getting at. And is that, a, is that like a meme or something, that Geralt doesn't wear a helmet? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, so um, I guess Nortra was just really drunk or blazed or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not even like, I don't think he has like a hat in the game that like would be missing from the from the from the show like maybe he's got one in the books that like you know and the answer is is because you want to see henry cavill's beautiful face but um that's the best i can like give no i
1: think that that's i think that's true i think helmets are dehumanizing and you know you're you're meant to project onto a protagonist right this is why um so This is why Finn
0: <laughs> takes his helmet off super fast.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Well no, but this is why, yeah. So Patrick Willems made a made a YouTube video where he posited that the best movie sport, like the best sport that you can make a movie out of is baseball. And um and he gotta go through some of the different ones. And one of the things that sinks hockey and football that he talks about is in hockey and football you have all this padding you have a big helmet right and that hides an actor's face right it, it prevents you from being able to really see them and something you see in football movies right is they get the camera really close so that you can see past the kind of like the grill or whatever I don't know what you call that thing that that stupid like gate thing, yeah yeah whatever yeah, that thing is called and so you can see you know Plus, like it's
0: their head safe buddy it's
1: important well no sure i just mean that like you can see inside of it right so yeah. if you're if in friday night lights or whatever and um well i guess friday Night's who's what's a good football movie that has famous football
0: the replacements with keanu reeves does he play football
1: on that or is I he the
0: coach i think it's keanu who's the no, he's the quarterback Okay, um, so,
1: yeah, because you need to see Keanu's face, right? So all, so all the shots yeah. on Keanu are going to be really tight close-ups so you can see past the football helmet, right? But for for the opponent, you never get that kind of thing. And that actually kind of dehumanizes them, almost like a Nazi uniform does, right? You see somebody in a Nazi uniform, you don't think of them as, a like, a person almost or, like, a stormtrooper uniform, right? You think of them as this, you know, whatever thing you can just murder, Um and so I feel like that is the that's the reason why Geralf doesn't wear a hat. Why Geralf doesn't wear the hat? Yep. All right, we did all it. Right. We answered on. three trolley questions insanely seriously. All right.
0: Um. In a similar vein, from Vel, why do they call it oven when you of in the cold food and <laughs> out of out, out, out hot eat the food? <laughs>
1: Which... <laughs> so first of all, just to my to my very good friend Vel, what the fuck? what what is the use of the word of in this sentence? I don't even understand it because that like (laughs)
0: joke is like of oven is is of and in and I wanted to be really clever so I looked at the uh, etymology of oven but like oven is like not like from (laughs) another word right? Oven is the word for like the heating vessel thing right? (laughs) Um So, did I ever tell you,
1: so one of the the things that happened to me in college is I took a, like, in one of my classes or whatever, and I had to do a blue book essay, right, where you write answer an essay question in the final. And I had just the dumbest fucking brain fart of my life, which was I couldn't remember how to spell the word of. And I was sitting there, and I was like, how how do you spell this word? And I was just like, I'm just going to do it phonetically. And for the entire essay, I spelled the word of u (laughs) v. And my professor pulled me aside because she didn't understand. She was like, what the fuck is this? And I said, listen, I'm sorry. I just, like, I couldn't fucking remember how to spell this word. (laughs) she was like, okay, I guess. And she actually regraded the test. And I ended up getting an A on that test. But it was just, like, it was the dumbest thing in the the whole fucking world, right? Uh,
0: (laughs) Stress, man. Does, like, crazy things to you. Yeah. I don't think I've ever... Um, I never, I never, like, forgot how to spell of, but, like, on, like, at least one test, one, like, I think it was, like, an AP test, I wrote, like, I, like, didn't know, like, what the Rebellion was, so I just, like, made something up and wrote about it. Um, I think I still got, like, a four on that AP test. (laughs) Um, Uh, but, yeah. um, Like the Whiskey
1: Rebellion or something?
0: Yeah, something like that. Um, oh, you know what? You know what the other thing was is it was on the lit test. This was, like, they said, like, describe, like, three successful, like, parts of, like, writing an essay or something. And, like, I couldn't think of a third one. So I just wrote using verbs. I wrote, like, <laughs> a couple paragraphs on how, like, you can't, like, write a successful essay without using verbs. And so.
1: Um... <laughs> Honestly true you know what my grandfather yep. would agree with you he my grandfather was a newspaper editor and um, and he really liked to edit my essays when I was in high school he would always want me to send him an email with my essays and he would tr- bring a turn it back he was also a college professor but he would turn the back he would cross out whole things and his thing was the verb is the engine of the sentence right and what people do commonly is they take a bad verb they take a, a weak verb. And they kind of spruce it up with an adverb, right, where they say, you know, such and such happened, you know, or or, uh, like uh, XYZ, buddy said loudly, right? Said is a weak verb in that. Right, but you get description by adding an adverb on it. So you add loudly onto it. And his thing was, no, no, no. What you do is you just cut the verb and you find a better verb for that. So it's you know X Y Z buddy exclaims, buddy shouts, buddy whatever you know like right. that kind of thing. Um, so I do think using verbs is an important part of an essay. I do got to agree with this uh, you know fundamental truth of humanity that you that you've elucidated on in your AP Lit you know essay. <laughs> See, we've even managed to take the
0: shitpostiest of shitty questions and, you know, pull a real answer out of it. Yeah, also,
1: can I just, like, what the f- of- but, like, you- but you don't of-in, you, like, put in, right?
0: Yeah, no, I- it's clearly a stretch, right? Like, you know, (laughs) this is, like, clearly, like, a demented take on, like, you know, why do you- park on in the driveway and drive on the parkway type of deal oh yeah um, like
1: why do you take a shit if you leave the shit in the toilet bowl which I think yeah, was yeah. also a question from our 200th I'm getting deja vu about this but like yeah like like I, I definitely I definitely understand thank you so much Val perfect perfect question perfect answer
0: alright so we're we are getting towards the um the end of our questions so if you guys in chat I see you Lou if you've got questions for us feel free to post them because um, we're going to run out of content soon. Um, this is your only chance for the next two years. Um, yeah, that's true. That not... <laughs> Except for uh, every other podcast
1: to... where we will answer questions that get emailed to us.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, okay, so uh, Col- from Colby, um, I assume that's how it's pronounced. Mm. Which is wetter, damp or moist? This is an interesting question, actually. <laughs> um. I think I think I, I imagine that moist is is wetter. Um. That's I, I think that's my, my stance. Do, do, do you do you have okay? A particular...
1: So my my fundamental philosophy, my fundamental theory here, one of them, I guess at least, mm-hmm. is that to make a damp cloth, for instance, right, like washcloth, you run it over water and then you squeeze it out, right. So right. it fundamentally describes not soaked for instance would be the opposite of this soaked is as right. wet as this thing could possibly be right um and i guess the question is where does moist fall under in that paradigm right like when does the does the washcloth as i'm screaming as i'm squeezing it from soaked to damp when does it become moist because if it become, becomes moist after it becomes damp damp is clearly wetter right if it becomes moist before it becomes damp moist is clearly wetter see see this is the thing though it's like i don't know like maybe you could you
0: could make the distinction but i think anything i would describe as moist is like a separate set of things that i would describe as damp like damp feels like a word you use to describe something that is like in natural state dry that gets you know uh you know water into it right um, and it's, like, on that scale, right? Whereas, like, something that's moist to me is, like, something that is endemically... Oh, endemically my God, I see what legs. you mean. Right. It
1: is intentionally... Like, a moist cake, for instance, is baked with the predetermined goal of making right. a moist thing. That makes sense. Interesting.
0: Right. Right. Like, you... Like, like, you... You wouldn't pour water on a dry cake to make it moist. But, like, if... You, like... But like a, like you said, like a wash rag is dry and becomes damp, but I don't think it becomes moist ever. Yes, 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 you have... But like a frog could be moist, but you wouldn't make a frog damp.
1: Yeah, that's true. Like... I also think that, that... See, that to me almost suggests that damp is wetter than moist, right? Because in a certain sense, like because the moist is the expected thing, it describes a lot of stuff that I would think of as less wet than something that has had... Wetness added onto it, okay. right? So, for instance, a damp washcloth is more wet than a moist cake, for instance, right? But the thing that's problematic right. about that is a damp washcloth is probably less wet than a moist towelette. Yeah, Just to like break your fucking prom. brain, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I think that is. I, I think that's the, the thing here, right? Like, I think moist, like I think damp, definitely has like a a a dryness kind of uh in what's the what's the word um uh it's not intonation it's it's like it's like a denotation or connotation connotation I think, yeah yeah i think damp definitely has a dry like a, a level of dryness as a connotation i don't think moist has that level uh i think its connotation is more kind of like the endemic status of the thing as having a property of having some wetness to it um that is less than like again less than wet, right? Like, I I think... So, it's definitely... Like, they're both definitely on the lower end of the scales, but, like, I think just describing two different phenomena to the point where, like... I don't know.
1: In a certain sense, I almost think it's defined by potential, right? Because moist is fundamentally wet, whereas damp is sort of not... Or is fundamentally less wet, right? In a sense. Um, Like, damp is... You get something wet, and then you unwet it to a certain extent to make it damp, right? You don't really do that with moist. With moist, it just is a certain amount of wet at all times, right? And I think in that sense, and if I were to take the average of all moist things, right, from one end you have moist cake, which is not very wet, to the other end you have, you know, a moist towelette, which is pretty thoroughly wet, um, the the center of that distribution is probably more towards wet than the center of the distribution of damp things, which would make me think that moist is wetter than damp, scientifically speaking. I,
0: yeah, I, I think I think I agree with you. I think, <laughs> I, think, I think I think I agree with you. Yeah. All right. So now that that question, that problem is solved.
1: Yeah the the, um, the moist damp theorem has been has we've we've issued a proof for the moist damp theorem. <laughs>
0: uh, we should get ourselves published in Nature. Yeah. Um, all right, and then the final question that we have so far, uh, Carissa, dear podcast, why aren't cat pets in WoW OP? Clearly they are the best pets. Fuzzy, <laughs> cute, great pillows. Clearly you don't need that; vo- didn't need that vase anyway, so why be mad? Uh, <laughs> sincerely, Kay.
1: I would argue that cat pets aren't very good in WoW. Uh, you know, cat pets for Hunter are, they they bring bloodlust. That's important. A lot of other things do, but, uh, you know, listen. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I think, you know, the answer is, is of course, that, you know, you want all of your options in a game to be of relatively equal value. That way you can, you know, have interesting choices, right? If cats were OP, there wouldn't be a choice. You just always pick cat. Um, and so you want things to have at least situational power, uh, right? Like maybe you want to bring your cat, when you need a lust because you don't have, like, a mage or a uh, or a shaman. Um, and maybe you want to bring your, what is it, turtle if you don't have a tank, I guess? I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, what,
1: in the what? open world, I, I typically use, right, like, so on my hunter, I have a bear who is an open world, uh, like, he tanks for me as I shoot him with my gun for my hunter. Um, is and... that bear
0: named Bear-N?
1: Bear? Oh no! Bear. Oh my God! Oh, I get it! Oh my God! <laughs> no, that that bear is named Tarhide. He's a black bear, uh, because my hunter is Masinar Cliff Cliffgrove, the mountaineer of Casmodan, um, and so he has a black bear named Tarhide. And so he, and so in the open world he uses Tarhide, but in most grouped content, I don't have a pet out with him, because that's, you know, for marksman hunters, you don't have to have a pet. If you take off your pet, you just get a flat damage increase, so in most grouped content, they don't use a pet. Uh, Except for when they need to use a lust, because they just pull the lust out, they pull a lust pet out of the stable, and then they click the button, and then they get rid of the pet after the, you know, after the fight, or whatever.
0: Uh, so do you, um, when, not, like, beast. Master, I guess, pets or hunters like hunters that aren't bringing a lust pet or I guess like a situational pet. What 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 pets are they typically bringing? You like-
1: know, that's interesting. So so for beast mastery, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to use exotic pets because exotic pets are better. Beast mastery can tame shit that other um, uh, hunter specs can't tame. They can tame devil sores. They can tame core hounds. Um, they can tame spirit beasts. Right. Um, they can tame rhinos, right? Like, a bunch of different animals that, like, if I'm a marksman or a survival hunter, I can't tame those kinds of pets. Survival is interesting, though, because survival, you have to have a pet at all times. Um, so, I guess if you were a survival hunter, you could have a you could have a cat pet. That makes sense.
0: Okay. Lou in the yeah, Chest says, I... depending
1: on the content, to my knowledge, like, using Spirit Beats is a thing at all times. Or, it's using a thing at times. Because um, the cleanse thingy? Uh that yeah uh, well, so cuz all of the pets have di- have a like a different ability right and sometimes the the ability matters in a minor way like you can get a um you can get a uh like a dispel like a magic dispel so you just hit the thing and your pet dispels the thing you can get a soothe on a pet um you can get a variety of different like utility out of a pet it's all pretty minor stuff right but yeah i think cats it is a stealth like cats you can you can tell them to stealth and they will stealth so maybe that's not super utility. Oh, you can also tell them to run fast. So if that's a utility, I don't, I don't fucking know. Hmm.
0: Interesting. All right. Well, <laughs> um, that is that is the last question we we got, at least that I'm aware of. Let me check the email real quick if any have come in. No. So does anybody in the chat have any questions for us? We're almost at like our normal time, so I won't feel too bad if we. Uh, v uh let it let it fall okay off. here i'll um, I'll
1: let you off the hook with a with a little bit of pressure so think of your question, but I am also going to ask a question of mango because I will I will give you time to think of your cool amazing question that's gonna blow all of our minds no pressure okay, so what's a good question for mango? What's a good question for mango hmm
0: well i I, I was I was thinking. You know, I could ask you a question since we didn't get to do it last week, which is how was your week? Um, I figured we could fill a little time with that if we wanted to do that.
1: Oh, that's that actually is also a good question. Though I haven't been doing anything like like super interesting. I the big thing that happened to me this weekend is I got the booster shot and it fucked me up for two days. I actually hey, woke it up fucked like me up for a day. Yeah, I, week, I woke yeah. up like maybe two or three hours ago. I got up, my alarm went off for work, and I just. I texted my producer. I was like, "I'm taking, I'm taking the day off. I can't do this." And I woke up at two p.m.
0: <laughs> I know that feeling. That's actually when we, the day I watched Matrix Revolutions. I like it was the day after the boost, and I was just like, oh, "I can't think. I'm gonna go sit on the
1: couch and just turn off." <laughs> um. Oh. Um. But yeah, so uh, I mean, mostly I've been playing, uh, like you know, mostly I've been playing like WoW and Hearthstone, right? Like the 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 normal mainstays there's a part of me that wants to like i I, i'm in this weird position where i want to not play these games i want to play something else because i know 9.2 is coming right and i know that i don't want to burn myself out but for some reason it's just the only thing i want to play it's like i'm just like in that incredibly addicted mode um where touching other stuff is not gratifying it just makes me want to like go back to you know go back to playing um Wow. Which is neat because the the Mage Tower is out, Legion Mythic Plus is out, which gives you you know some stuff to... Um, get, like, gives you some stuff, some new stuff to do. My new thing is um, I have been farming the different Covenant appearances across different characters because I decided that one of my goals over the course of the expansion is to try and get as many of those appearances as possible. Something that I always try and do in any expansion is I try and maximize the like the content itself where because like what'll happen sometimes is you'll go oh i wish i had whatever you know like this mount or whatever and i never want to go back and do the mount when i just one shot everything right like that's not fun right um so i always try and uh i always try and collect that stuff and get at that stuff while the expansion is current and right now that's just like going through each of the, the the covenants uh with different you know with different characters um To get all of the armor appearances, so you know, there's that. I did get, I did kill Sylvanas uh the other day with Patrick's Guild, which was which was gratifying. You know, like they were pushing for AOTC, and I have gotten that fight down like real to a to an intense degree. I had a 94% uh parse just because like the the different like cooldown timings and everything else, like. It's just like it's it's there. It's in my brain, and I can't uh, I can't like unthink it at this point. There's a lot of stuff about like the second platform and where I want to use pots and where I want to use cooldowns and everything um, that I think is really interesting and compelling about the Sylvanas fight. Um, so, you know, that's fun and that's that's cool. But that's basically my week. What what have what have you been up to? Yeah, um, I actually I'm actually curious. Do you, do you
0: think you think uh, Wombo will get will, will get AOTC?
1: Yeah. At this point, I am. I there was a while where I did not think we had the numbers. Um, I just looked at the numbers and I said, "There's no way we meet these damage checks before you know, like before getting into uh, Sylvanas, right?" And um, and I think I told you, I was like, "I don't, th- I don't see a world where we do this without." dave without jade without right like people who are intensely geared outside of you know her heroic, heroic raid right um something about the the raid is that there are a lot of people who don't do stuff outside of raid so their their gear right exactly right but like you know the the gear is kind of capped at and i think right. that, that makes it a little bit harder all things considered because like you know when i'm walking in at item level 248 right versus you you know, and by the way, I want to be clear. I'm not calling anybody out for this. this is just, I'm just talking the raw numbers involved, right? Versus somebody like Sarian, who really only logs into raid, um, and he's item level, you know, two thirty five, two thirty seven, whatever his item level is, or whatever. Um, obviously, there's some, there's a gap in just sort of like potential damage that happens there, and uh, and I was pretty worried, all, all things considered, that we were not going to be able to make the Sylvanas damage check just because, like, we were going to hit the enraged timer because we just didn't have. We just didn't have the damage uh, to take care of it. But that mostly came down to me misunderstanding the fundamentals of the fight and the way damage uptime works in the third phase. She actually... The damage check is more forgiving than I thought, basically. Um, Just because, like, in the first and second phases, you are... um, there's a lot of other stuff going on. In the first phase, you have arrows. You know, you're dodging a lot of stuff. You have to run out, kill an arrow, run back in, right? That, that pulls a lot of uptime off of the boss. Uh, the second phase, obviously, there's only the 245 second damage phases, um, which has the hard cap, right? Where you can't get her below 74%, 75%, whatever the number is. Um, and. Uh, but the third phase doesn't really have all that much of that, right? There is movement involved, and there's times where you have to back away from the boss. You can't do damage or whatever. That that stuff sucks or whatever. But you just, in general, have way more uptime on the boss throughout phase th- throughout phase three, which is about twice as much time as phase one. Um, and you don't have to, and you have to do, you know, about 10% more damage, which is still a lot, but it gives you a lot of leeway. So I do think that Wabba will get AOTC. I would not be surprised if we got AOTC tomorrow. Um, just because really I think it's a matter of getting the mechanics down with these, um, with these globs, um, that are, that are coming down on the different platforms and the Dispels and the Banshees, Furies and things. Once we get that mechanic down, I'm pretty sure Sylvanas will be, will be dead.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, no, I, we were pretty close before. Um, personally, I'm a little bit worried that my, my my traveling computer will not be able to keep up, but we'll see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I believe. I believe in your traveling computer. I do really want to get uh, the the Sylvanas AOTC is interesting because Sylvanas has gear that I care about, which was not true of basically any other boss I've ever done for AOTC before. Um, I didn't care about Reese's gear. I didn't really care about uh, gear for Nazoth and his Shara. So but but Sylvanas has this one trinket that is just like insanely good called old warrior soul which is a strength trinket um and i really want that trinket that trinket's fucking amazing right uh which is just like an interesting interaction that i'm not sort of used to uh which is you know looking at looking at a boss and saying i want to kill this more than just for aotc i want to kill this for uh the gear that is involved
0: yeah fair enough alright um you asked me so I well, yeah, so on, on my end um uh, I've mostly been playing Halo both the campaign and the multiplayer I think I think you would enjoy the campaign but to only to a point just because like it's got that like U B Tower kind of design but there's like not a lot of improvement to be had there's a little bit of upgrades to happen um but I've been I've been having fun with it um but I'm pretty sure I will finish it out quickly and just be like done with it um uh the multiplayer is fun is just like raw halo fun um the other thing i've been doing a bit of is like so like i mentioned earlier i'm listening to um dan simmons's hyperion which is kind of like a it was written 1989 it's like a science fictiony chaucer or uh uh canterbury tales that's the that's the one um it's like seven people on a pilgrimage to um hyperion is the name of this planet um uh, they're traveling across it and as they're traveling to this like holy site, they're recounting why they are where they are. Um, some of it's been incredibly moving, like, um and uh, I I've been very much enjoying it. It's it's sucked being. Um I would highly recommend it. Um uh other oh, the other big thing I've been, or the other thing it's not really a big thing that's been taking a lot of my time is I've been watching my way through Thirty Rock, which has been um, entertaining in a number of different ways. I've talked about like you know the different people. It's like you know ten years ago where different people were at um, with different things. Um, one of the most amusing things to me though is is like Jack Donaghy being like less less of a piece of shit than Alec Baldwin at this point, um, given kind of the uh, the. Wait, you
1: think Alec Baldwin is a piece of shit?
0: And because I'm mostly because of like. His refusal to take any responsibility for the for the the gun accident okay. that
1: happened. Okay. Yeah. And to be clear, um, I'm not judging you for that. I'm just uh, and the the drama. The drama is, uh, you know. I think yeah, people but, were. Yeah. I mean, the the gun thing I thought was interesting. I think people misunderstand how movie sets work because I definitely understand how that kind of accident could happen. Um, I, I understand. I understand but, how it
0: happens. But like his refusal to take any responsibility really kind of the
1: like interview my... that he did. Oh my god! I yeah. was like, who thought this was a good idea? No.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's also probably bad for him legally. Like there, there's like some 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 stuff there. But um, um, I don't know. There's a moment in Thirty Rock where like Jack Donaghy says something like, you know. Like, you know, elites when when elite like something along the lines like when the elites mess up it doesn't matter, right? Which like really kind of like hit like this. There's been a couple of moments during that show where it's like this like, ah, this is like this is weird and like in like a weird place like considering modern modern context. Yeah. Um But you know, it's it's a funny show. I have laughed my ass off at several points. Um and uh I don't know. I'm on like the fifth season at this point. Um, I
1: also like Thirty I, Rock, though it is it is kind of weird and funny. The thing that I think is most funny about Thirty Rock is like the word there's just like dumb wordplay all over Thirty Rock that I find very funny. Like um Tracy's wife, Angie, has a has a pop career and the first single is My Single Is Dropping. So she like she like walks into Jack Donaghy's office and she and she's like, Oh, I can't go to that because I'm having a party because my single my single is dropping, is dropping. It's just like that's just funny. That's just like... <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, or like... Um, well, my favorite is like Tracy Jordan will, will say something like... You know, like say something and like name drop essentially a person. Or, or like... Or, you know, like do something that implies he's got like a deeper understanding. It'll be like, you know... It'll, it'll be like, that's what like Kant says. Kant is the guy that shines my shoes or whatever, right? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, um, it's kind of interesting to see those kind of like pile up as like, you know, as, as, as the show goes on, like when you watch him around the section, you're like, oh, this is like a thing, right? Like one after another. Um, also, I didn't realize that the writers were like as consistent characters as they are, right? Like effectively Luntz, tofer and, um, uh, and, uh, and Frank Rossitano, which I can't remember. Maybe he's the one that goes by Frank. Um, the one with the hat, mm-hmm. um, like they are much more consistent characters than I, than I thought they were. Um, uh, also, kind of, like, in the vein of, like, weird episodes, it's, like, an episode with Twofer that's kind of, like, about, like, it's kind of, like, about essentially affirmative action, and, like, it's, like, the character's name is Twofer, right? Which is, like, a reference that he's, like, you know, it was Twofer. He's like, he's black and he's from Harvard, right? No, he's um, black and he's
1: gay, I think. Is, is no, 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 no.
0: No, so the, the, the joke at the end of that ep- – so the so he quits, because he's like, I, I want this position because I deserve it. And then he comes back and he's like, part of my, um, part of the, the the thing about me coming back is I can't have the thing twofer. And they're like, oh, okay, let's come up with a different name. And someone says threefer because he's black from Harvard and he's gay. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's, yeah. Um, he's also got some good Harvard jokes, which is like, you know, I know I know a couple of Harvard people and and I appreciated them. You know, I, w- I went to Boston. Well, not really Boston. I went to school near Boston and not Tufts. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. I, I,
1: <laughs> I do um, also. also. Tufer is probably my favorite of like the writers, uh, just because he gets some like really like good bits. Like the thing that I will always find funny about Tufer is like when he pitches and he has really awful ideas, it reminds me of, uh, did you ever watch the the movie, My Name is Dolomite, the Eddie Murphy movie that came out on Netflix? Yes, yeah, yeah. The the Keegan-Michael Key in that plays a writer character who reminds me a lot of twofer right? Because he thinks yeah, yeah. he's like speaking these profound truths about the African-American, whatever, and then he writes a movie like Dolomite or whatever, <laughs> which like, there's just something about somebody like putting on those kind of airs um, that I think is, I don't know, fundamentally pretty funny.
0: Um. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh. The other thing is that like Liz Lemon is like a terrible person a much higher percentage of the time than I would have expected. Right. Like like she is clearly in the wrong a lot more than I would have expected. Like it's it's like I expected it to more kind of be like, you know, like like um, like Amy Poehler's character in Parks and Rec is usually like, is usually pretty good mm-hmm. and like you know just gets caught up in like you know her 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 excitement or whatever, whereas like. Um, Liz Lemon is very is, – is kind of often like, you know, like, no, you're being a bad person, right? You just kind of like – are like, you know, funny about it, right? Like, which in more kind of like a – like a Always sending or a Seinfeld kind of frame. Um,
1: yeah, I think this um, was common, especially because The Office was around that time, right? Which obviously yeah. Steve Carell, Michael Scott was like this other – kind, this kind of character. Um, but I think that that did fade away – like, now, when I think of, like, a, like the sit- the sitcom structure, I don't think of a main character who's kind of a jerk-ass, right? But in the 2010s, around when 30 Rock is out, you have... Maybe Parks and Rec is the only one that doesn't really conform, conform to this. Because you have, you know, Jeff from Community, you have um, uh, The Office, you have... Um, uh, I don't know. Those are the only two in my mind. But just like, I think it was common to have those kinds of like asshole main characters in these, uh, in these sitcoms. I don't think we're all that low on time, Lou, in the chat. So you, we should do both those questions. But, um,
0: yeah. Historically, the AMA goes as long as it goes. Yeah. Um, it's Monday, so we don't have to worry about Raid. Um, uh, uh, the first one we did lasted five hours because we really like pumped people for questions.
1: Yeah, um, that's true. We, we we went really hard. Th- this time on like Friday, <laughs> I asked a bunch of different discords. That was it, basically.
0: All right. For, long first. If money and ethics were not concerns, what kind of social or scientific experiments would you do? Uh, Whoa. I expect same statism. No, like. Uh, this is so, like. So, so this is a t- this is a tough question because like, if ethics weren't a concern, right? Like, there's like my personal ethics that would get in the way of a lot of this, right? Like, you know, like oh, really? sure, right? Like, you
1: know, like I would like. Doesn't know? that go against the spirit of the question? I feel like your personal ethics are part of ethics, right? Is it though? Because otherwise, like, otherwise, it's
0: it's kind of like. There's no like it's just kind of like what can you think up of that would be that would be you know easier to solve if we could just like throw unlimited bodies and money at it right like yeah like, that, like that's sure. kind of
1: where I'm at my first thought is I would systematically kill and cook ev- every possible thing I just want to find what what is the best. Tasting thing, and I would murder is that, is tigers. An experiment, though? I would kill people. Yeah, well, obviously, right? You're experimenting to see what tastes the best, right? And 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 it but, would be multiple versions of each, right? Because you would have to do things in different ways, right? Like, it, are barbecue lion ribs better than barbecue pork ribs? But let's find out. Let's the experiment, right? That's what I would do if I had a limited, you know, money. And okay, eth- or, I, I think, and no ethics. I, I think.
0: I think maybe we're, we're talking about like a, a di- different levels of rigor here. Right. Cause like, you know, like, you know, does, do I consider that counting as an experiment? Like you have to double blind it. Like, you know, you know, you can't, like you know, and like taste, like you know, what tastes the best is like a definitely subjective thing. It would right? be me.
1: I would be tasting it all mango. I have unlimited money and no right. ethics. <laughs> right, right.
0: But that's not like. But like, does that does that qualify as an experiment then? But yes, yeah, you know, I, I, I I see what you're saying. I, I think that's within like the spirit of the question. Yeah. Um,
1: this is like famously one of my fucked up positions, which is that like if cannibalism were ethical, I would absolutely eat a human to try it out because I just oh, want to oh. know what it tastes like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, like, like, so, so maybe this, this is, this is one of my hot takes, right? It's like, there is like, only the slimmest kind of read, of like what keeps like eating human corpses from being a problem, right? Like other outside of like disease vectors, right? Like, you know, I think you've got some interest in what happens to your body after your your life leaves it but like divested of that i don't think there's anything like morally wrong with like eating a human corpse yeah and right? and
1: really this is an outgrowth of like the fundamental pattern of if i walk into a restaurant and they show me a weird burger for some animal i've never eaten right like a kangaroo burger i'm gonna fucking eat the i need to know what that tastes like right my curiosity and so the natural outgrowth of that is the question okay well if that burger was a human burger would you eat the human burger and my answer is absolutely yes given you know that all of these other things are taken care of the thought experiment almost always goes like okay let's assume we're friends i die and as part of my will i say that i want all of my friends to eat me right um, and you know all of the science involved to make sure that my meat is self is healthy to consume. Would you consume that person, right? Because that kind of that kind of gets rid of the morals of all of it. Um, right. But anyway. I don't know. Any, for some reason, anytime we talk about, like, ethics, my my first thought goes to this cannibalism thing. And so then I was like, yeah, I wonder what the tastiest meat on earth is. Let's fucking find out. Kill me some yeah, rhinos. Still- I want to kill an elephant and have elephant ribs. Imagine an elephant rib. thing must be huge, right? I want to eat whale. Dude, have you ever thought about eating a whale before? I don't know. Is it tasty? Enough. Who can tell? I don't know. Like...
0: I'm sure there's somebody that that knew at some point. Yeah. Um, well, I
1: mean, whaling was like a thing, obviously, but they were only doing it for the oil. It wasn't did for food. Eat, enough, yeah. Did they right. eat the meat? I don't think so.
0: I'm I'm sure some. I'm sure they. I'm sure at some point they did just because like they could, right? Like, but I'm sure like you know, I know like ambergris is like a huge thing, which is like used in perfumes, but it's like mm. natural like whale byproduct, but it's it's, it's, it's like. Apparently, it used to, like if you like found a piece of ambergris on the beach, you could be like set for life, but like you're not allowed it's like illegal now. You can't like even if you find it, you can't. yeah it's sell the it. thing
1: is the thing that sperm whales make so that they can digest a giant squid's beak because mm-hmm. uh, the giant squid's beak is so big that it will otherwise fuck up their uh, their like digestive tract. Don't the Inuit eat whales? Yeah, maybe they do. I mean, that's what the Japanese they, they... say when they when they go whaling all the time, right is that they're doing it for for food. Um, my yeah. understanding is that a lot of animals have stuff that fucks you up, though. Like, for instance, you, like seals um, uh, are hard to eat because they have, like, uh, you know, they have, like, parasites in them that are, like, lethal to, to humans. So you have to cook them in, in a certain way. You have to, like, cure the I – think, I think what it is is you cook, you cook the, the meat and then you make these very thin slices and you cure it or something. You smoke it um, and that gets rid of the, the parasites' danger, um, something like that.
0: I know that, like, sushi in America is safer than sushi in Japan because, like, you – you like, one is required and, two, it's kind of, like, practically getting, like, sushi-grade fish. You have to flash freeze it. If you flash freezing it kills the parasites in it. Whereas, like, if you actually get fresh sushi, there's a decent chance there's, like, parasites in it that, like – um you know, will be alive when they when they get in.
1: Oh yeah. New. That's a big thing with bears. Uh like if you go hunting uh and you kill a bear. Bears have these um these parasites and the way that the bear bears have a special muscle reflex to it where they they smush the parasite into this like little cocoon of you know, of just muscle and sinew and stuff, right? Uh but if you are eating bear meat and you cook that obviously the the casing cracks open and the parasite can get out and it's basically like a flesh-eating bacteria that will just absolutely destroy you um so don't eat bears i guess is the moral of that story but yes i would i would absolutely try everything and i would i guess i wouldn't personally eat everything i would have people eat things because if they died from the parasites because ethically i don't give a fuck if they die right um and then I would only eat the things that they reported to me were the very best and that didn't fucking kill them. So that's what I would do. Anyway, yeah, I, what, what what would you do? So, like,
0: I, I think the real spirit of the question is kind of like, or, or rather, maybe not the, but, like, taking the spirit of the question to be like, what would you want to know if you didn't have to worry? Like, you know, like, what what piece of information is a priority, I guess, I think would be the best way to put it, right? Because, like, you know, given the limited ethics and or you know a limited unlimited la- money and lack of ethics and a limited time i would test as much as i could right but like things that were a priority right like i'd want like a real systematic exploration of the stanford prison experiment because it's basically been debunked but like i kind of want to like you can't test it in the same way because there's ethical problems with it right like yeah. i'd want um some like like some better experimentation around it right because like the part of the problems were like um uh, you know, people like the people were kind of like selected to be kind of cruel. Like they, they managed to pick people like, like part of the interview process selected for people that were kind of like dicks in the first place. So like stuff like that. Um, I also kind of like would be interested in kind of like, uh, you know, limits of the human ability, um, and like in a way that like I don't like I like there's there's, there's a part of me like you know. It's part of me that's like I don't want to do this because I don't want to hurt anybody, but like, given the premise of the question, right, like, like there's like a lot of like, essentially Nazi science that had to be thrown out because they didn't do it rigorously, but they put people through through a bunch of shit, right, like. Oh yeah, this is like Joseph
1: of, Mengele, right? Who you know, yeah, famously yeah. committed these really horrific experiments on Jews in concentration camps.
0: Right, but like he also didn't do the science, right? So it's not even like we can use that info. A lot of that information, yeah, right. Like it, it wasn't rigorous enough to. Yeah to 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 pull it to pull stuff out of but like i think there would de- like there could be good value pulled out of like you know knowing like like things so- something that always has that interested in me a lot is like you hear these one-off stories of people either uh like essentially surviving asterisk, like people falling out of planes and surviving right like you know if i wasn't concerned about you know people like you know Throw a bunch of people out of the plane and figure out the best way to survive the fall from like 30,000 feet, right? Um, or like people who like end up going underwater, like in like very cold, like, but the water happens to be very cold, so they end up surviving for a large, long amount of time. But like, it's like not a universal thing. It's not like, you know, a person submerged in cold water will survive for a while. I just want to know if like if you could like figure out how to replicate that. To, to make that a consistent thing. Or like yeah, I definitely out how de- feel
1: that. I, I also think that there's like a there's like a, a sort of moral question that, that doesn't get asked, especially in Cyberpunk. I was thinking about this where it's like, you know <clears throat> right now they're beta testing Tesla is beta testing its self driving feature. Um in Tesla's on on the US you can download like the self driving package and the car will drive itself. Um and I was thinking I was like You know, one of the the fundamental philosophies of cyberpunk is that you can, you know, replace your arm with this other thing, right? You can pop your eyeball out of its socket and put a robot eye in there or whatever, right? But, like, you, you never have to think about that stuff being beta tested, right? Especially the first time. Who are you going to mutilate? Who are you going to say, I'm going to pull your eye out of its socket, right? And if this thing doesn't work, you're just blind in one eye for for the rest of your life there's a real ethical concern there that i don't really think ever gets brought up in this kind of stuff but it's sort of a bridge to that you know i don't know that version of the future if it were to have come if it were to come to pass um and i would maybe use this level of experimentation for answering that question if i could
0: no that's 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 actually a great one i absolutely like you know if like I had no moral compunction, I could just throw bodies at it. Like the fastest way to get like neural uplink into things is like the the, the real answer there, right? Like I would do anything like part of part of something I, I desperately kind of want is the ability to like upload my consciousness into like the you know cyberspace. I think that like that's like a thing that um I kind of desperately hope happens before I die just because, like, I think that'd be, like, that's, like, a, a really excellent experience. It also, also, like, leads to a form of immortality, right? Um, and, like, I can't in good conscience throw other people at that myself. But if I didn't have that qualm, I would definitely be throwing people at that. This is the type of thing where, like, I would consider volunteering myself um, later in life to to kind of, like, um, be, like, the experimental person that, like, maybe it doesn't work at that point type of, type of deal just because, like, it's it's a thing that's, like, like such a such a thing that's like interesting to me, but um, yeah, that's probably like the strongest thing to me is like throw throw people at at, at, at human at brain technology interface connection experiments. Um, but yeah, thank you Lou for that interesting question. That, you spent that, uh, twenty
1: minutes on the on the long question. Feels good, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what's your short question, Lou? If you're still here.
1: Uh, the dumb Ooh. question is how many chickens would it take to win a fight? with an uh, an elephant, which obviously is Buddy's chosen method for his barbecue spree, how many chickens would it take to win a fight with an elephant? So there's got to be, you know, infinite chickens would win, right? There's no way that infinite chickens would fail to kill the elephant.
0: At at some point, like, just, like, the massive chickens would crush the elephant, right? Like, um, even if you have to get big enough that, like, you know... It's it like creates a gravity well and like pushes the elephant at the center. Um, yeah, but, I yes, mean, there's there's, there's...
1: there's there's interesting there's interesting implications for this from like the RPG standpoint because like there's the famous thing where a house cat could kill a could kill a commoner right just because like the house cat damage and the con- and whatever and I think it's actually a problem quote unquote that there is some stuff in an RPG that is literally immune to other stuff right I personally could not do enough damage in a. um like, in a tabletop setting, to the Tarrasque and kill it. Because all of my attacks would be DR'd to zero, right? And its AC would be so high that I would basically never hit or crit, right? Um, but I think part of that is an assumption that when the a minor, very tiny scratch hits the Tarrasque from me, right? If I were to use my fingernails to scratch the Tarrasque's skin, right... That, that is so little damage to the terrace that we might as well round it down to zero. But in reality, that damage exists, right? And so if I think about that... I was going to that...
0: I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, like, DR rolls are that minimum one. I don't think you can completely eliminate damage. It probably depends on the addition, but I, I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah, so um... my thought for a an elephant would be that, f- like, a, a chicken, probably a peck is the most damaging thing it could do. And after a certain density of pecs in a certain location, you could get some real damage done to the to the elephant um I don't know. I would just have to put some numbers to that and then i could I could make does yeah that, does that make sense part for framing? Of, part of this
0: yeah part part of this too is like the question of like how well coordinated the chicken attack is right because like chickens are kind of famously dumb, right? So like if you throw like you know a hundred chickens in an elephant in a pen, I think the elephant's gonna you know or if you even throw like Even if you throw, like, a near-infinite amount of chickens, like, on it, assume an infinite plane, right, with an infinite number of chickens on it, and one elephant, and the elephant's malicious, right? And he knows that, like, he's got to kill his way out of this chicken plane, right? Like, I think the elephant still wins, because the chickens never think, like, never think that, like, never register the elephant as a threat to coordinate against.
1: Oh, see, I think that incidental damage will eventually undo the elephant. And it is just a matter of time. Okay, so actually, I think here's here's my frame, and this is the math that I'm going to do for it. What I want to do is I want to create a perimeter of chickens around the elephant, right? So how, what is the like, w- w- man? How long is an elephant? An elephant's got to be twenty feet long, they, ten feet I wide. Think that, I, think
0: that, I think that's I think that's way too big. I think I I, I think you've got here, hold let's on. Let's see. Let's, let's I also see think, think you've got like elephant species elephant Wikipedia uh, largest looking animals uh, do you do anatomy size elephants uh, African bush elephants are the largest males with species being ten foot tall at the shoulder um, 10 to eleven feet at the shoulder with a body mass of five to point seven to seven point six short tons um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that... Like, maybe if you pulled out the tail, you okay, get 20 feet Okay, so,
1: out. an Asian elephant is 18 to 21 feet wide. How wide is an elephant?
0: 8 to
1: 21 feet wide? Really? Yeah, oh, I just Googled how long is an elephant. That's what it, that's what it said. Okay, uh, dimensions of an elephant. The typical African elephant has an overall feet of 8 foot 3 inches to 13 feet and a body length of 10 feet to 16 and a half feet. And uh, but that, I I need to find where You
0: want the Afri- you want the African bush elephant. Okay, yeah. Um, so let's so do an the, African bush the,
1: elephant. Let's take the average. That's 13 feet between. Um...
0: Yeah. So so this is this this nat- nature.org is the largest numbers I've seen. Let's just take that as you know, uh, 24 feet in length and 13 feet in height. All right, weighing up to 11 tons. I think that's uh, that that that'll suffice.
1: Sorry, so 13 feet wide, or 13 feet long, how many feet wide?
0: 13 feet tall, 24 feet long. Oh, I'm sorry, and yeah, 11, so 10. 24
1: feet long. But how wide is it? I'm trying to create a perimeter around an elephant, so I need to know how wide it is from shoulder to shoulder, basically.
0: Okay, Uh do... Uh so not ear to ear but shoulder to shoulder
1: yeah i mean ear to ear would would have a lot of dead space obviously right yeah yeah god why can't they have incredibly detailed dimensions of an elephant for me to use in my janky math to answer this stupid question <laughs> i actually secretly fucking love questions like these rachel rachel can attest that i that i will sometimes like just like go through really ridiculous questions and like find right. the answers to them for no reason.
0: So okay. I found a site for a a a uh an elephant an elephant prop. Okay. And the elephant height is eleven foot six, and the width is seven foot is seven foot six.
1: Okay, so um, seven and a half feet by thirteen yeah. feet is what we're going on.
0: Yeah, I would say eight feet for like because like that's a slightly shorter elephant. Let's, let's okay, let's that's right. Yeah, so let's him. say
1: eight feet by thirteen feet, which is twenty-one feet times two is forty-two feet in a perimeter. Let's say a chicken is six inches wide, right? So uh, two chickens for every like every foot in the perimeter is a total of eighty-four chickens around the perimeter of the elephant. Okay, so then my thought is that randomly, the chickens are going to be pecking the elephant, right? Most of those pecks aren't going to do damage. Let's say 10% of the pecks do legitimate like do legitimate damage to the elephant, right? And it would take a certain number of pecks in the same spot to create a real wound, right? In that, you know, it would take, I don't know, 50 or 100 spe- pecks to turn a little paper-cut gash that the elephant doesn't realize, into something that is, like, seriously damaging, right? Okay, so... And then how me- how frequently is the elephant killing off... Well, how big is an elephant's foot, is what I want to know. You see, I, I, I think you still have a
0: coordination problem, right? Like, I don't think, like... I don't think the chickens i don't think a chicken randomly pecks an elephant at enough of a rate or with enough like it would have to perceive the elephant as a threat and i don't know if they have enough of a mind about them to realize that like you know it stepped you know like like the elephant stepped on chicken a so chicken b realize it needs to defend itself so I,
1: gr- I so granting the coordination problem that the chickens will not coordinate with one another i do think that the elephant and the chickens are fundamentally hostile to one another as part of the experiment right Okay. Like, they have to be fighting in order for the experiment to take place. Um, said it arises as someone who's clearly never been attacked by a chicken. Fair enough. I have never actually been attacked by a chicken. Um, okay, so anyway, so an elephant's foot is 15 inches or 15 to 19 inches. Let's call that 18 inches. So every stomp of an elephant's foot kills three chickens, right? And then my question is, at that rate of attack, how many chickens would it take to, f- to kill the, like, the elephant, right? The elephant is killing, let's say, one second, right? Uh, the elephant is killing three chickens every second. The chickens are attacking every second. Only 10% of those are doing damage. And you need 100 of them to do, you know, to, to make real wounds. And then you would need, I don't know... Twenty of those major wounds to, to fundamentally kill the elephant whatever the answer of all that math is explains how many chickens I think would be would be necessary to kill the I elephant I think that
0: math is way too hand wavy like I feel like I feel like the the I feel like the, the elephant dies from exhaustion of stomping chickens before the chickens kill the elephant um
1: well, and I mean, the, I... The, the thing is win the fight. So maybe the answer is how many chickens does the elephant stomp before he kills himself from exhaustion? Yeah. I mean, we, you, you could make just, like, a random number for that, right? How, how, mu- how much exertion is the stomp of a foot to, like, crush something? Hold on. I, I Okay, I have, a th- I have a thought for this. Let's look at a marathon, right? How many steps is a marathon? Or actually is a mile. Let's take a look at that. Uh, so 2,000 steps is a mile. 26 miles is a marathon, right? Um, so that's 52,000 steps to, to make a marathon. Let's say that seems like that would exhaust an elephant, right? If an elephant had to run a marathon, it would exhaust itself probably to... to some next to death, right? So it would have to stomp 52,000 times in order to, like, replicate that amount of exhaustion. And each one of those stomps represents three chickens. So it would be a total... Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, each of those stomps would represent five chickens because it's a three-dimensional thing. It wouldn't just be three chickens in a line. It would also have two chickens on either side. So it would be five chickens times 52,000 for a total of... 260,000 chickens, is that right? Does, does that seem correct? Maybe. Ah. The question is do I think that 260,000 chickens who are constantly pecking an elephant would eventually do enough real damage that the elephant would, you know, whatever, bleed out from the constant oh, paper cuts that it is suffering?
0: So I, I think part of this, this the problem here too, is that you've got like a, an accessible like, I think yes, two hundred sixty thousand chickens pecking at an elephant would kill it probably relatively quickly. But I don't think you get you know I don't think you get like more than like thirty able to peck the elephant at once. Much less in a coordinated spot.
1: That's right? true. Like, well, it would be twelve times four, right? Because it would be three on each side of its of its feet. It would, they would only be able to attack its feet. You would have three on each side because the feet are are eighteen inches. And that's 12 per leg, so it's 48 chickens that are able to attack the the elephant at any one time.
0: Like, I mean, if you, like, put an elephant in a box that's, like, very close to it and you just fill the rest of the space with chickens, like... The elephant maybe suffocates, right? But, like, does that really count? I don't think that um, that
1: counts, but I think if the elephant tuckers itself out by stomping chickens, I think the chickens legitimately win. And, and that's the threshold, right? The chickens always win the fight in the hypothetical, so you just have to find the threshold. And the question is, is 26,000 the threshold? You said, you said 260. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. 260,000 the threshold, or is it less I, than that? I feel like it's got to be says, less than that when I say 48, I say like right?
0: It, I would say that sounds too high for like the the elephant to like tire itself out, right? Like um
1: Can none of the chickens cause... fly in this scenario? That's I didn't even think of that. That adds a whole new dimension.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, can can they fly and if they can fly, can they fly high enough to like, you know, uh to reach the top of the the elephant and like when you said chickens, I was imagining hens, because but like if roosters are part of the equation, like Lou mentions, then I think I think there's actually a a better a be, like also what kind of chickens, right? Because like I think I think the reason I'm thinking roosters have give a better chance is because roosters aren't being bred to have like enormous breasts that make it impossible to like move properly, right? That's true, yeah. Uh, um, and so like I feel like you know if you've got like a a smart rooster, like if you've got like a smart rooster that knows what it's doing, right? Like, I think you could even, like, you could, like, you could even maybe do it do it in one, right? Like, if the rooster can get on the back of the elephant, and the elephant can't get it off before it, like, pecks out its eyes, right? Like, I think that's that, that's, that's a pretty close match, but I also don't think there's any rooster that, that's smart.
1: Yeah, right? I don't think that like, there's any rooster that smart. I think it definitely takes, like, you know, that would be a number of chickens who are, you know, who are, who are, definitively attacking the elephant, but not in any kind of coordinated way. I don't think they would be smart enough to attack the elephant's eyes. I think they would just peck at its skin over and over again. And eventually those pecks would add up to the real damage such that the elephant would lose. Yeah. And I think that that number is definitely less than 260,000. Like, I, I agree. I think 260,000 chickens, you know, over time pecking would just, you know, because like you gotta you got to imagine that a certain number of pecs would dig deep enough that eventually the elephant would just bleed out from those those wounds over time. And so the answer is probably a few thousand, right? Because if we want to say 48 are attacking at any individual time and the elephant's constantly stomping, you know, if I said that the answer is 5,000, that means that the elephant goes through iterations of a thousand different individual stomps. While the 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 chickens are just attacking that whole time, and by that point, you know the chickens are gonna deal enough damage to get there. As a bird expert who has been attacked by a chicken, I'm gonna say it's way less. Okay, less than a thousand. I feel like an elephant I, I th- could kill a thousand chickens before it. I, I think that's part of the, like, I think I think
0: you're you're fundamentally like like, you're not accounting for, like, the the, the nature of a chicken, right? Like, I think that, like, like, I think the situation where, like, a chicken, a a, a pack of chickens that, like, is determined enough that once one dies, they don't give up the fight immediately. I I guess maybe that's part of the the premise, but I also think that's, like, not a chicken, right? I think that's part of, like, why this question is interesting, right? Because you don't expect a chicken to, like, to press, like, I think you scare a chicken. I think if you kill, like, a couple chickens, you scare the rest of them, right? Like, you know, I think like. Other otherwise than like you know like foxes wouldn't be able to like decimate a chicken coop, right? Like, like I think the combined might of a bunch of chickens would be enough to kill a fox, but like foxes don't die in 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 in, in hen houses, right? Because the, the the hens run scared.
1: Yeah, I mean I do think I agree with that fundamentally, but that like under like the the core premise of the question yeah. has to assume that the chicken and the elephant are. You know, like reasonably brave about fighting one another. I think Pango goes vastly overestimating the intelligence of a chicken to like stop attacking when some die. Well, then the,
0: the why then why don't foxes get killed in hen houses more? Why is that like a problem? No, maybe maybe my understanding of 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 fox in henhouse, foxes in the henhouse is is less than the. Uh, than the, well, you know, a henhouse
1: only has a you know a couple of chickens in there, right? You know, I, I don't think
0: it, I thought it had, I it had like a dozen.
1: Yeah, I feel like a fox could kill a dozen chickens.
0: Right. No, I, I think that that's. It's, it's pretty, I I think that like if the chickens were were determined to attack the fox, then I think I don't think it could, right? Like I, I think I think given the parameters of the experiment you've lined up, I, I think it doesn't. Chickens kill a fox. I just don't think that's the way the chickens typically, you know, organize.
1: Okay, because foxes are a natural predator, first of all. They're quick and, like, know how to kill a chicken in a small and close space. That that makes sense to me, to a certain extent. Yeah, I, I think maybe by the parameters of the question, the fox would die to the chickens. Um, but, like, also, that, that it's also, like, the fundamental of the question. I feel like my answer is maybe 2,000 chickens is what I think is... Is the correct number, and I think that they die, or the the elephant dies. And what eventually happens? The elephant gets pecked in its in its feet, uh, so much so that it starts you know bleeding and it loses uh, you know integrity in its in its feet, and it topples over. And then the chickens just like go to town and they just peck the shit out of it until it is gone forever.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I honestly I I don't see. I don't see a band of chickens winning against an elephant in a situation that doesn't involve like I don't see chickens ever being able to defeat an elephant on grounds that the chickens are causing it to happen rather than like, you know, the eventuality of some other aspect of the like, you know, like the like exhaustion or like, you know, pure like like accumulation of like you know, like chicken shit or something. I I I don't think I don't I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm overestimating the thickness of elephant skin, but I, I just don't think you get you get through that with within a reasonable amount of time in a way that like would be consistent with the way chickens behave. But maybe I don't know.
1: Okay, so how many fresh chickens would need to be introduced, cycled in essentially, right, who are unafraid yeah. of the elephant to get attacks on the elephant skin. Yeah. Because because also, at a certain point you could just add that number to infinity and that you would get you would get somewhere.
0: How thick is elephant skin? Right? I, I think part of this is like my like uh ten two point five centimeters thick. What is that in American? It's an inch, um,
1: basically. It's an inch thick. Two point two five okay. centimeters is an inch, so.
0: Alright, so that's like uh,
1: uh. Uh, first i need a ruler. Um. <laughs> like that your thumb is like this length from your thumb is about an inch right which is probably you know pretty similar to what a a, a chicken's beak size is but like what if a chicken pecks i don't think it does a full inch it's not worth of penetration yeah. yeah but it will do a certain amount of penetration and then another right. peck in that same spot or close to, close enough to it will also penetrate Right And I think you eventually right. get to a point where you have you have dug through that skin.
0: yeah, there's also like a rigidity question. i I agree that like I guess like you know en- enough enough pecking will eventually do it. I also don't know like the the force that a chicken peck has, right like um I'm sure it's enough to break human skin, but I don't know if like I don't know yeah. I know, I, I'm not comfortable I'm not I'm not comfortable putting a numerical answer on this because I think that I think the numbers are, are too hand wavy okay um, for, for me to feel comfortable giving giving a, a, a real, a real well, answer there
1: there you go uh, is anybody else in the chat want to ask a question I do I, I thought of a cool question to ask mango so I'm gonna ask it now um, but I do do want to just like ping the the, the chat here uh, R- real
0: quick before you do that Lou, Lou asked do you think the spurs would do damage um I think they would, but I don't think they do more than a peck, and I don't think you can do both at the same time, right? Like, the maybe claws? that like makes. Are, there,
1: are those spurs?
0: I think, I think, I'm pretty sure that's like the back part of the, the chicken claw. Um, oh my God, Rachel, like,
1: Jesus fucking Christ.
0: How many ducks would it take to kill an <laughs> elephant? Um,
1: I actually think it would I be mean, fewer ducks to kill the elephant. I think a fewer would. Or the, the yeah, duck I think. Like a, is better at attacking an elephant skin than a chicken. Oh, see,
0: yeah, I disagree. I think the duck beaks worse at attacking, but I think the duck's um, a more wily animal and also is able to fly better, right? Like, I think you could take down an elephant with dive bombing ducks easier.
1: Oh, interesting. And it um, is within the nature of a duck to dive bomb, basically.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, ducks are bastards, right? Like, you know, yeah. like like the immediate thing I that popped in my head was corkscrew penis, right? Like, you know, like. You like like ducks are bad. Like I think ducks are are more bastards than than uh than uh than than, than chickens are. But maybe maybe I'm wrong
1: about okay. that. Okay, yeah. They're, not, they're they're not fucking the <laughs> elephant. That's true. They are not in fact fucking the elephant. That is not part of the question. So the corkscrew penis is overruled. All right, inadmissible. <laughs> okay, so the question that I wanted to ask um, while I was thinking about it is. Um, You know, we obviously ran our Star Wars game for a long time, right? Um, But kind of in the same vein as the one question that was asking about, like, what IP would make a good video game. What is an IP that would make a good tabletop game that you would want to run, right? Let's say that tomorrow we were going to start running, uh, like, a new tabletop campaign with, you know, whoever you wanted in that. Assume the perfect party for whatever this entails, right? What would be the IP that you would most want to run an RPG in? Man, that's a good
0: question. That is a really good question. Um, there's a part of me that wants to like say, like, Dune for like a Sardaukar squad. Um, but like, I don't know if that's like enough variation, like, if you could put enough variation in there. Um, It's because like the problem. The problem is a lot of the IPs that I like, like just like, aren't like built in kind of that direction, um, like built in in a way to like support adventures. I guess is the way to put it. Um. Uh, one that like one that isn't al- hasn't already been done, right? Like, the answer there is Star Wars, right? right? Like you know, um, like that's like the like the the thing that like comes to mind. But, uh, I think I think that a lot of the IPs that like. Fall into that already makes sense or like already yeah did. like
1: yeah, assuming Star Wars doesn't count right
0: yeah right right no but like that but that's the problem right like um because you, you, need, you need enough very vari- like I think part of the problem with like you know modern d20 is like a class system is something you just kind of like force on top of like something that isn't quite really emergent um so you need something with like good kind of delineation. Maybe so maybe this is a cop out, but like the thing that 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 that's 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 uh, uh, popping to my head is is Terry Pratchett's Discworld. Um, and you know that's basically like fantasy plus funny with like the weird rules of that world. Um, I think that kind of appeals to my sensibility and I I I do feel a little bit bad cuz I do think that is kind of a cop out cuz I'm essentially saying like, you know, standard fantasy with some weird funny tropes on top of it but i think it also appeals to my sensibilities a lot um do i have a better answer than that not that i can think of off the top of my head
1: okay yeah fair enough very cool
0: do you, you, you have, do you have an answer that, that you would jump to?
1: I don't know. There's I feel like there's a lot of easy answers, just because, like, anything with sufficiently cool world building, I'd always want to do something in, you know, and this is the normal stuff, right? Avatar, The Last Ambruster, Warcraft, you know, Firefly or whatever, just like any of those. And I think all of those do have, I mean, the, the Avatar tabletop system is coming, I think, and they had, like, a huge Kickstarter I mean millions of dollars or something, right? Um, But I feel like if if I'm asking a question and I'm trying to think of what's something that does exist that doesn't have rules for that, I don't have a great answer to that. Maybe Assassin's Creed, uh, just because it has a pretty cool – like, Assassin's Creed could be that. Maybe Blade Runner could be that, as just, like, a cool sort of, like, um, world – that would be fun to to do. No, actually, okay, I have a good one for this. My well, I would do John Wick. I think it would be super fucking oh, okay. cool to yeah, do a John no, Wick a tabletop RPG game. That would be insanely fucking fun.
0: Uh similarly, I think I think like John Wick would be very good. I also think that like The Matrix would be good.
1: Yep, I um, also think The Matrix would be good. I think I think The Matrix would be great, especially because you have like the in and out version of it. Something that I always found really fun. Uh, there was a um, there's a tabletop system that I played called The Lost Exodus or The Last Exodus, which was sort of the the RPG. You know, it's sort of the. Um, uh, like the on RPG centering the idea that all religions are true right so there's all this stuff you know like the Norse pantheon you know the Greek pantheon there's a Lucifer and there's a god but the god is called something that I can't remember because um, he has the 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 actual name no. of the sorry what? Yahweh? Yahweh, yes. His name is Yahweh. So there's Yahweh, there's Lucifer, right? Like, so all of this stuff is all, you know, in there. Muhammad exists, Jesus exists, all this stuff. Um, and one of the things about that was there was heaven, right? So there's, so there's three. There's heaven, there's hell, and there's earth, right? And in heaven and hell, you had, like, a special, like, spirit form that could take a million different, you could do anything with this, right? Um, because it also had that thing of, like, all like you could be you could like literally be fucking batman if you wanted right like um all of the you know like all of the imaginative stuff that happens in fiction is because people are tapping in dreams into heaven and hell and they're seeing it play out right so the person who made superman was watching someone in a dream state exhibiting like those superpowers or whatever um and so the whole the whole conceit of the system is that you had a normal human Appearance, right? You had a you you had a human form that had various strengths and abilities, right? But then you could also shift into heaven or hell, and then you would adopt this cool, crazy spirit form that had insane. So it was simultaneously really low fantasy and really like high fantasy at the same time. And I think you could accomplish the same thing with the Matrix in in a really neat way, right? Where it's like you could maybe be, you know, the kind of person who, um, whatever, goes into the Matrix, and you're a badass. And, and, and the other conceit was. You get bonuses in one for taking disadvantages in the other, right? So, if you take a disadvantage to your mortal coil, your spirit form, whatever that was called, your astral form or whatever, has that has that much bonus ability or points or whatever, right? Um, and I think you could do something similar, right? Where it's like, you know, your Neo or your Morpheus or your Trinity who go into the Matrix and are doing cool Matrix stuff are offset by people who are built on flying around in you know, hovercrafts and killing sentinels and all that other cool stuff. I would love to do a Matrix game. That sounds fucking sweet.
0: Yeah, I I think it'd be a hard thing to, like, write mechanics for, though, because, like, you have, like, kind of, like, the, like, you want operators to be able to do something while, like, the runners are in the Matrix, right? And that's, like, just, like, a harder thing, I think, to balance. Yeah, that's um, true. In terms terms of fun. I do Um, like like the idea
1: of that as a, like, the idea of you have a character who is part of the party who is doing who's not there, and it's not vulnerable in the same way, right? They can't take HP damage or whatever, but, like, the way that they influence the party is through, sort of, like, acts of God, right, on the Matrix itself. Yeah. That would be cool, but, I don't know.
0: Yeah. It'd be, it'd be tough to pull off. Yeah. That's why I think John Wick is, is a good idea, because you can, like, classically divide people out by skills, right? Like, yep. you be like, yeah, I'm good at melee, I'm good at guns, I'm good at, like... Ninja yeah you shirt, have a, right? you have a
1: sniper you have a guy who you know shoots machine guns you have a knife guy stealth guy you could do all those sorts of things for sure yeah like
0: a face right like a, yep. a mafioto or, or like a crime boss right like um
1: yeah I also think that that it sort of speaks to like on the operator question it sort of speaks to like the fundamental like how fun is it to buff someone else on your turn Right? Which I do think is a classic RPG thing, but I don't think that it's all that popular, all things considered. So, for instance, I think the classic interaction with with an operator is, you know, Link, I need to drive a motorcycle, right? But does an operator really want to spend their whole turn uploading a thing, you know, uploading a fucking floppy disk to another member of the party? Is that fun? Is that interesting? Like...
0: And how do you mechanical, mechanic, mechanize that so that it's like interesting, right? Yeah. Like, 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 is it just like a couple of skill checks, and then like the cool person gets to drive the motorcycle? That's not going to be like satisfying. Um, yeah. Uh, the other thing that popped in my head was like, like we, like you know how like there was that like dark universe thing that like never got off the ground because the Tom Cruise mummy film sucked. Yeah. Like. Something like that, I think, would be neat. But part of me thinks that I'm just, like, reinventing, you know, like like the uh, the White Wolf games. But, like, you know... Yeah, but the White like,
1: Wolf games are all... They're not in the same universe, right? Theoretically. You could play them oh, as they if are. they were. I think, theoretically, they are. Oh, really? Um, My understanding was that white. they were, they were technically speaking, um, not canon with one another, right? When you were playing Vampire the Masquerade, werewolves are not a part of that equation. But... I honestly, I'm not confident in that opinion. Like, I don't really remember. I just, I, I, that's just my vague I, recollection. I, I think, I think it might be something along the
0: lines of, like, you know, the werewolves in Vampire, like, they're not balanced against each other, which is part of the thing. It's like the werewolves in Vampire are the same werewolves, are the same kin from the werewolf game, but like the plot lines aren't overlapping and that kind of okay. like they, they aren't plot line, plot line to each other. Um, cause that would, that would make sense given that, like, you know, If, like, you know, the vampire end of days happens, then, like, the werewolves are kind of, like, fucked out a lot, right? Like, um, but, uh, yeah, Do I have, oh, but, like, something essentially in that vein, right, where, like, you know, like, playing, like, Frankenstein and, like, the mummy and like a skeleton, right? Like it's like a monster mash type thing. I think would be fun, but like
1: I think it would be fun to do that uh, as a uh, so something I've been reading recently is Fables, which is the um, Fables is a comic book series where like all of the, like your like these public domain, domain fairy tale characters are like real, right? right? Yeah. I think that would be a lot of fun, especially if you could just play the characters, right? I think it would be sweet to have a party that is like Robin Hood, King Arthur. You know, I don't know. See, part of the, the, the thing guy would from be intru- Jack Jack the Giant Killer from Jack and the Beanstalk, and like Cinderella or something. So I I think part of the
0: interesting thing I think you'd want like a system that like let you build like build interesting characters with that because I think that'd be neat. But I think you'd also want to like I wouldn't want to play like the character from the comic, right? Like I'd want to play like my interpretation of that, right? I think there there's like a it's called like City of Mists, I think. There's like a system where it's like, you like your power set is like drawn from something like that, right? And it, and it could like, I think one of the examples they gave was like like one one of my players decided to like draw his powers from like the mythos around Michael Jordan's NBA career, right? Like which which I think would be an interesting thing. Um, oh, yeah. that's interesting.
1: I, I, th- I mean, I did I did play an RPG once where it was literal characters from the DC universe, right? It was the people it was like the martian manhunter the flash you know and a bunch of other people and they made the justice league and we went through the campaign where people were playing like as those characters which was typically you know you played your favorite characters right like i would have played aquaman if i wasn't gming it or whatever and i feel like that's what i would the way i would want to structure that kind of a game um so that you know you could sort of Because, like, in in a certain sense, I I feel like the character of Robin Hood is pretty open to interpretation, right? And somebody could put their own twist on Robin Hood. But I do think that there is a question of, like, canon or lore there, right? Like, you wouldn't want someone to be like, well, actually, Robin Robin of Loxley wouldn't do that. It's like, go fuck yourself. This Robin of Loxley does.
0: (laughs) So... I, I think I agree with Arahe that like uh, it would be fun for for like a pre-built one shot for a lot of those things. Uh-huh. Um, and due to your point, Exalted is is a different universe. But um, I think I think something that popped in my head when we were talking about that was like a game where everybody plays like Batman, or everybody plays like a different version of Batman, right? Or like you know, I haven't seen Spider Verse yet, or not Spider Verse. I've seen Spider Verse. I haven't no seen way home. No way home. But like something kind of in the vein of 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 like uh you know. Everybody's playing like I think it'd be a fun one shot. Everybody's playing a different version of the same character. I think would be fun for a one shot. Yeah, I also um, think
1: that would be pretty fun. Um,
0: Batman in particular, just because there's like a lot of bat, like you know, I would love to be like Adam West Batman. Will you play like a serious version of Batman? I think it'd be like super fun and dumb. Yeah, plus but, like, there's like
1: right? like weird off color Batman that you could do. Right, you could do yeah, like Damian Wayne Star, in uh, the future and he's shooting guns. Yeah. You could do um, the night the, the that might. The Knight Batman from the oh, yeah, yeah, medieval yeah. era, the the Vampire Batman um, from whatever that one that book was called.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, that would that would that would be cool. But um, that's a good question, buddy. Um,
1: Thank you. I I also enjoyed that question.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, if we've got nothing else people in the chat, feel free to throw them out. I'm going to call it, in a, because we've gone for two and a half hours.
1: Okay, Lou has one, oh, more. one more. Go for it. If you could turn any non-musical movie into a musical, what would you pick? Bonus points if you can ad-lib a verse from the central song. My mind
0: immediately went to John Wick. Um,
1: really? My mind not... immediately went to Batman vs. Superman. I think Zack Snyder would make an amazing director right. of a musical.
0: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that makes. That, I just, that I just so think that he has like
1: the perfect stylistic chops for it. Though I don't know that I think Batman and Superman are really great. What, what are the other? Uh, should Army of Batman Thieves be uh, a musical? I think
0: if, I think if Zack Snyder did a Batman versus Superman musical, he would use like licensed music as the songs. Like he'd have. Like, oh my god, it'd be a jukebox
1: with... musical. Fox. Yes,
0: yes, that's the word for it. Yes.
1: Um, yeah, like Watchmen the Musical, but it's all the, the – because everybody loves the needle drops in that, you know, yeah. in that movie.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but it's it'd be so weird, like the comedian singing Fortunate Son.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have a better answer than –
1: i I feel like maybe i maybe need to get away from like thinking about it as a director like what's a movie that itself would make for a fantastic musical honestly a lot of biopics would this is my core thing with rocket man right where rocket man took uh the like the elton john music biopic and turned it into a musical and i bet you could do a similar thing with um uh basically any of those right yeah. Uh, you know, you know what I would pick? I would pick Dewey Cox. And this is under the assumption that we are splitting hairs, and I'm sorry, not Dewey Cox. We are. Uh, walk walk hard. hard. Yeah. Under the assumption that Walk Hard is not a musical, which I would argue it is not, because the songs are too diegetic for it to be a musical, right? Um, okay. You know, But, like, I think you can make a version of Walk Hard that includes all of the songs that are in there, but also musicalizes the rest of the movie up alongside it, and it would be just a fantastic tour de force.
0: So, my answer is going to be Hot Rod. Oh, my um, God! I think it's not-
1: that's a fantastic <laughs> it's not- answer. That is a fantastic it's- answer. Holy God, that's so good.
0: It's got enough goofiness that, like, you know, like I think John Wick wouldn't really work because, like, you have to make it too goofy for it to like hold. But like, I think Hot Rod is good. like, obviously, it's comedy. But like, I think you could like, like, you just need to write some songs. Like, I, I can't ad lib a verse. I don't think. But I think like the the kind of light motif is going to be a song that's like about because it's also it's also got a couple needle drops in there, right? Like, it's got like the the, the slam dance. And it's got like that weird scene at the towards the end where like the crowd's like walking through. You know, you're the voice, right? Like, but I think you could do like a kind of like repeating motif, which is him singing about his 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 dad, something about like being a man, right? Like, what is it to be a man, right? And like you know, talking about like the, the contrast between like his his adopt or his stepfather and his father, right? Yeah. Like, um. And like, I, and you, it comes back a couple times and then like, um, I th- and then like, like it kind of crescendos as he makes the jump um, and wipes it out. And then like, it plays over the, the, it, it plays kind of like, or like the, the kind of like the crescendo as he goes over the jump. And then like, it, it kind of gets like a, another reprise as he's beating up Frank in the driveway right at the very end. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like,
1: yeah. Another one that I would that I would do is Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, Ooh, that's I, a good one. I, I just watched it because for some reason I was just like scrolling through whatever like Amazon Prime movies, and I saw it, and I and I rewatched it. And Mrs. Doubtfire just has like a perfect setup to be a musical, just in terms of like on a plot story level. You could easily easily make a killer musical out of that one. Surprise, buddies! Answer is it one of the Fast and Furious movies. Ugh. See, the thing is, is that, like, I don't think you can do cool as a musical. I don't think there are any musicals that are fundamentally cool. They are all fundamentally goofy to some degree or another, which is the thing that, you know, like, the Fast and the Furious movies are cool and sincere in a way that, you know, like, I don't think could translate well to a musical.
0: Yeah, like, serious musicals exist. They just kind of, like, occupy a kind of different space, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um it's it's it still has like cool i think cool implies a certain amount of like uh you know like smoothing over of like emotions right which is like the opposite of a musical right yep. musical a musical's all about like like the the closest thing to like a cool musical that i can think of, think of as like a thing it's not a musical but like you know real human being as associated with drive is the closest thing i think you get to a cool musical it's not really anywhere near it if that makes sense. Um.
1: Yeah, even musicals that I do think are, like, incredibly sincere are always, like, incredibly sincere in a very, like, straightforward way. Um, so, for instance, uh, like, you know, Hamilton or – I'm just, like, looking these up. Like, I'm just looking at Rent. them right now. Yeah, like Rent, right? Or, like, Les Mis, right? Like, Les Mis, like, they take themselves seriously, but they are just, like, a kind of a straightforward drama. If that makes sense um, and I don't think that you could really like pull off the kind of like action high stakes of the fast and the furious movies with uh, like the the conceit of a musical underneath
0: I agree I agree I mean obviously running through my head this whole time is like dear Evan Hansen right it's like a serious musical but yeah um, all right well. That was a good question, Lou.
1: I just want to see The Rocks flex off a cast while singing about it. Listen, I also would like to see that. Though I I am also on the record that The Rock kind of ruins the Fast and the Furious franchise, and I'm glad he got spun out as evidenced by how good Fast and Furious, or just F9, was. Um, So, yeah. That's That's an awkward thing. The best moment in all of the Fast and the Furious movies is a character who I think is fundamentally at odds with the Fast and the Furious movies weird we'll do that i'm sure at some point in podcast future
0: (laughs) we'll take a whole year and do fast and furious year yeah
1: Um,
0: (laughs) actually that might how many how many
1: movies are there now so there are 10 movies in total the the main series has nine and then there is hobbs and shaw as a spinoff
0: and what's coming out next year
1: i don't know that's a good question yeah I was gonna say like we could do
0: like a one a month Fast and Furious year, right? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Fast and Furious week this week. We talk about
1: one of the inf- Fury Fast of- and Furious ten is coming out in twenty twenty two. Or twenty twenty three. Um which let's see, do we have a release date for this? Uh yes. Um where does it? April 7th, 2023 is Fast and Furious 10, which means that halfway through 2022, we could do, uh, we could start a, you know, like a point-by-point a point Fast and Furious to get there. If we start in once, once a month. June of next year, we would be once a month. I, let me see if there's another Hobson shot coming out, actually. That's the question I don't know.
0: I know that there's, like, unnamed female-led spinoff.
1: Going on with Hobbs and Shots 2. Yeah, that one doesn't have a release date, so it's definitely not coming out next year. So, yeah, the next one is Fast and Furious 10.
0: All right, God, so may- I can't maybe think there are 10 of these. <laughs> that's a thing potentially for the future. But I think we've kind of. Oh, have you watched? There's a kid show? There's a Fast and Furious kid show?
1: I have not watched the kids show.
0: All right, I'm gonna say last call for
1: questions. Fast and Furious Spy Racers on Netflix. God, dude, Netflix publishes the craziest shit.
0: Did you watch the um the the Army of Thieves, like the Army of the Dead prequel?
1: Oh, you know what? I never did. I need to do that actually.
0: Did you? You're talking about? No, I didn't. I just yeah,
1: I, I I could just completely forgot about it to be honest. There were six seasons of this? What? There are six seasons of a Fast and Furious TV show called Fast and Furious Spy Racers. What the fuck? Well, I'll need you
0: to do a war breakdown for me at some point. I, you know. I,
1: I, okay, I guess so.
0: (laughs) Guess we know everybody's watching tonight. Yes. I'm
1: freaking out about this fucking Fast and Furious spy racers. Goddamn.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to give it 15 more seconds for anybody to ask another question for us to answer. Five, four, three, two, one. Zero. With that, I'm going to say we have successfully completed the third AMA. I think this is longer than the second one, but shorter than the first one. Because That's true. Not, nothing will ever match the first one. The first one, one had but so
1: many questions.
0: Which is we really like, harangued people to, to, give us, to give us answers. Um, but, or give us questions, rather. But if you'd like to email us and tell us what you think about any of the things we discussed on this wide-ranging podcast, you can email us at Gmail.com and we'll answer them, right? You don't have to wait every two years for us to answer your questions. But, um, uh, you know, all the normal stuff, rate and review us, give us ratings, give us smiles, support us in various places, watch these live on Twitch. Um, uh, with that, uh, I'm going to say... Uh, or buddy, you have anything else you're looking to promote?
1: I have nothing else I'm looking to promote, though I do want to say I'm doing the digging here, and the the Fast and Furious Spy Racer series is showrun by a Futurama uh, director who directed like a lot of like, you know, like that's Lobstertainment, the Devil's Hands are Idle Playthings, right? Like just like really famous Futurama episodes. This is crazy. What the fucking, what, what have I stumbled onto? Anyway, I have nothing else I'm looking to promote. Happy holidays, everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah, happy happy holidays. Enjoy the time with your families next week. God willing that Omicron doesn't shut me out of a theater. We'll, we'll be talking about Matrix Resurrections. Um, yeah, until next time, dear listeners. Until
1: next time, loyal listeners.